This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. Oh, and Mark, crap, I turned Nick's mic off. And Nick's here, too. Nick from Free Minds TV is here. FreeMindsTV.com is his website. Ours is FreeTalkLive.com, and your calls are what the show's about. So we'll go to them. We'll start with Will Buchanan from the Walk for Liberty, currently somewhere in the eastern section of New York State. Will, you're on Free Talk Live on the Amp Line. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, great. How are you? Uh, pretty good. Um, yeah, despite... Uh some setbacks recently. We're still on track to arrive at the New Hampshire border this Saturday, December 13th. Well, where have you come from, Will? What is the Walk for Liberty for all of our new listeners? Uh, okay, the Walk for Liberty is a coast-to-coast walk that I'm doing. Um, I'm joined by my wife, Brooke, and we started out in Oregon on April 14th of this year, and I've walked all the way across the country. Well, at least I have. Um, and the reason for it, or at least one of the reasons, is um, to promote the idea of liberty lovers moving to New Hampshire um, to make it more of a difference and reducing the size of government there on a state and local level as part of the Free State Project. Um, and also this is our move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. It's been an amazing uh, adventure so far with at least a couple of run-ins with the police. Harrowing uh, even. Yeah, and uh, just every single day walking up to 20, 22 miles per day, uh, walking from coast to coast. And it's it's been an amazing journey so far. I mean, I know this because I've been watching you. Uh, you have your own YouTube channel. If you go to walkforliberty.com, you'll find the videos there. And you've just been walking and taking footage of uh, some of the, the sites that you've been seeing. And, and you've been narrating and talking about various different liberty issues. I, I feel like over the last 200-plus days, and that's how long this has been going on for, uh, uh, there, you've covered virtually every liberty issue uh, known to man. I, I really feel like it's been quite a comprehensive uh, compendium, if you will, of pro-liberty commentary on various different issues. If you go and you actually watch every single one of the Walk for Liberty videos, which I have to say I have done because I find it absolutely fascinating. Cool. Well, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you enjoy them. So yeah, you're. Some- Sometimes it's hard to keep track of what I've talked about already. Sure. Well, I mean, that's how it is, and we're always repeating ourselves on this show eventually over time. Uh, so you are in New York at the moment, and you're most of the way through, and you're, I think your target date for arrival is this coming Saturday the 13th. Are you still going to make that? Because you have been having some, as you mentioned, some difficulties with the RV. Yep. We're uh, still on track to make that. Uh, I walked uh, over 20 miles today, and let's see, I have... We have about 56 miles to go to the New Hampshire border, um, and so in about you know three days' time plus Saturday morning, I'm going to walk a few miles as well. So yeah, it's um, we're definitely on track to make it by Saturday morning at 11 a.m. is when we're planning to arrive there. And there's going to be a reception, from what I understand, quite a uh, a lar- at least a semi-large reception. I'm not sure how many people are scheduled to show up for this, but a lot of liberty activists here in New Hampshire are going to be meeting you at the border, and I think there might be like a banner for you to run through or something like that. It's <laughs> going to be pretty, uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, actually, if uh, anybody wants to kind of keep up to date with the plans, they can... Uh, Go to uh, the link arrivalplans.walkforliberty.com, and it'll take you right to the NH Free forum thread where it's all being discussed. 
I love the symbolism, too, of how the New Hampshire Liberty Activists, and of course you mentioned the Free State Project, this brilliant movement of uh, thousands of Liberty Activists all moving to New Hampshire. I love the symbolism that essentially the entire way it's been you and your wife uh, walking. She's been on and off with you, but she's been uh, definitely the behind-the-scenes uh, critical, uh, playing the critical role of doing all the, the driving that's necessary and really just helping you out behind the scenes. Uh, but it's basically been the two of you this entire way. At one point you did have your brother with you, but he kind of took off on his own route at one point. So it's basically been uh-huh. you and your wife this entire way, and then once you hit the border of New Hampshire, where hundreds of people so far have moved as part of the Free State Project, you're going to be uh, hopefully surrounded by welcoming liberty activists, many of whom you've met in the past because you've come out here and visited, uh, but you're moving in this time. And just the symbolism of, of having virtually no one around you with the exception of the occasional reporter, uh, which you did get a lot of, uh, of press coverage as you were walking across the country, which is great free coverage and publicity for the Free State Project. But to, to just all of a sudden having people surrounding you and, and I might add, walking with you, uh, isn't it the case that the activists are currently scheduling to have at least one person walking with you as you walk throughout New Hampshire? Um, uh, yeah, I think there is a, a thread on the NH Free Forums about that as well. I haven't really looked at that recently, so I don't know if um, I don't know how the plans for that are progressing. If they're they're going to be able to accomplish that, because there's you know a good hundred miles um, you know from the New Hampshire border to the coast where I'm finishing, and uh, so I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure if they'll be able to do that or not. We'll, we'll see. Uh, at the very least, you are going to have some uh, some more company, I would say, than you've ever had in the past here in New Hampshire. Oh, sure, which yeah. Be pretty neat. Any uh, questions while well, we've got Will Buchanan on the phone? Uh, you guys hey, well, are sitting here. You know, you're uh, you're, you're going to be go- heading through Bennington, likely uh, on your way across Vermont. Yeah, through through uh, Vermont. I mean, you're you're in very eastern uh, New York right now, right? Yes. Uh-huh. So you're going to be going through Bennington. You're going to be walking right by Robert Frost's grave. He'll it'll be within a hundred yards off the road. You might want to stop by and just take a look. Oh wow, that's um, is that on Route Nine in Vermont? It is. Okay, I'll have to keep an eye out for that. You'll well, you'll also be passing um, the Battle of Bennington. There is a memorial from the Revolutionary War battle there. And if you're into history at all, the term "live free or die" was coined by General John Stark. He was actually making an address to veterans of that battle right. who were from New Hampshire, and that's where that where that phrase was coined. So if you happen to pass the big obelisk there, I'm not sure if it's off of Route 9 or not. It is off Route 9, the, so, sort of the, the business Route 9 right. or whatever that goes right through Bennington, and, and it's right across the street, essentially, from Robert Frost's grave. <laughs> yeah, so you've, there's a lot of oh, history wow. there to check out if you have the time. So, Will, would you consider, since your goal essentially was to walk from Oregon to New Hampshire, where you're going to be uh, putting down roots and, and living, again, as a participant of the Free State Project, would you consider that once you actually cross into the uh, into New Hampshire, cross the state border, that uh, the rest of it's basically like a victory tour? Um, I guess you could say that. Um, <laughs> yeah, to a certain extent. I mean, the the whole idea from the very beginning of the Walk for Liberty was, was to walk all the way coast to coast. And you um, certainly will be doing that. Uh, but, but yeah, but I, I guess you could say that like a victory tour. But, yeah. But, I mean, the, what, the reason I bring it up is there's so many distractions. I mean, you, the, you, the the moment you're going to be here, we talk a lot about how the, the liberty activism is so concentrated already here in New Hampshire that there's always a bunch of different things to choose from as far as what you can do. And so obviously there's going to be sort of a welcoming uh, committee there at the border. But then the next day, uh, since you're going to be in the Monadnock region of New Hampshire at that time, you're going to be able to go to uh, Social Sundays, kind of a a, a local hangout that uh, that people. 
have in the area here in uh, on every Sunday. And from what I understand, the activists are getting together for a secondary Thanksgiving. They're having a special second Thanksgiving for Lauren Canario who, as, right. uh, as our listeners know, is a civil disobedience uh, activist here in New Hampshire who was recently let out of federal jail. Uh, so there, since she missed the original Thanksgiving, they're throwing her another one. And so I believe, I think I've heard you guys might, be, might even be showing up to that. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're planning to go to that as well. So already, you know, a, a, a bevy of things uh, to choose from here in New Hampshire as far as what you can do on, on a Sunday even. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and, and we'll probably – our plans are to uh, – you know, we've had kind of a frenzied pace, um, at least when we haven't been broken down, mm-hmm. uh, to get to New Hampshire. But our plans are to kind of take it a little bit easy after that and not sure, necessarily you... have any specific um, deadline for yeah. reaching the coast. Right, yeah. There's no reason to have a, d- a direct route, necessarily. You're not in a rush anymore. So uh, so congratulations yeah. on making it this far. It's been over 200 days. Will Buchanan uh, from the Walk for Liberty at walkforliberty.com. Anything else you wanted to share with our listeners tonight, Will? Um, if there's... If anybody wants to help out with um, promoting, I guess, both the Walk for Liberty and the Free State Project, um, we got an article in the um, Schenectady um, newspaper today, and um, there's a dig, um, a dig post uh, going on that. If you uh, go to arrivalplans.walkforliberty.com, and I believe it's the last page, the 14th page, um, just check out check out the article and, and dig it to to help out the Free State Project a little bit. Great. Fantastic. You're doing great work out there. And what I'm really curious about is what's going to happen to the Walk for Liberty YouTube channel once uh, you know once you get here. Are you, continue, are you thinking about continuing to do uh, videos from time to time? I, I am. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'd like to still do videos. Cool. Um, I'm not sure if I'll keep doing them every day, but, but yeah, I'd like to do them at least relatively regularly. Fantastic. Well, we look forward to seeing you here in New Hampshire, and uh, congratulations again on making it this far. It's been an amazing trip. Thank you for the call tonight. Thanks a lot. All right, 800-259-9231. That's Will Buchanan, walkforliberty.com. More Free Talk Live is on the way. You take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, and they include the archive. So if you've missed a moment of the show, we've got a lot of them right there on the front page of the website. In fact, they go back for an entire year, completely free for you at freetalklive.com. So enjoy those archives on us. And enjoy the Free State Project's Liberty Forum. We mentioned uh, we were just talking with Will Buchanan uh, from the Walk for Liberty at walkforliberty.com. He's walking all the way across the country for more freedom, and he's uh, making his move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project as an early mover as they're called. And Will's going to be one of the speakers at the upcoming New Hampshire Liberty Forum. So if you don't live here in New Hampshire and you're not going to get to uh, to meet him on his victory tour, you'll be able to see him at the uh, speaking at the New Hampshire Liberty Forum if you're coming to that. And we're going to be there, so we look forward to seeing you there. Head over to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum to get more information. You'll find out the entire uh, list of speakers that they've announced so far. More are coming, so this is not the final list. And because it's not the final list, you can get an early bird discount if you get signed up now. Don't wait too long on this because that early bird discount is gone, I believe, in the next 10 days or so. Uh, so go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum to get signed up. Use our discount code and save yourself an extra 10%. 2009 FTL is the discount code. That's 2009 
FTL, and we look forward to seeing you at the 2009 New Hampshire Liberty Forum, freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Uh, coming up, we've got to get to Nick's story. Uh, apparently, he was accosted by a police uh, cop at some point tonight, so we'll get to that. But calls are rolling in, so we go to them first. Cameron is on the line in Philly. Cameron, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, hey guys, how's it going tonight? Hey there. What's on your mind? Uh, two things. First of all, I just want to give credit. I've been listening to you guys for on and off for about two years, and the guy that turned me on was uh, one of my very good friends, Adam in New York, the guy that did that thing a few weeks ago with the uh, amp line. So I just want to give credit to him and oh, thank cool. him for turning me on to you guys. So, right on. Um, second of all, did anybody, uh, do you guys ever go to FARC.com? You know, not as often as I should. Uh, well, there was a story up there today I found. Um, former student sues over Facebook suspension. Apparently, uh, about this time, about a year ago, uh, it was November of last year, uh, this high school senior from a charter school in Florida, uh, on her home computer, went on Facebook and made a group that was against her, it was like a group that was like anti one of her teachers, her AP English teacher, Sarah Phelps, and it called her the worst teacher that the student ever met. Um, and it was just like critical of her. It said she was yeah. just not a good student. She wasn't a good teacher, you know. There's some she didn't like bad her. teachers well, out there. That doesn't mean that, what, that? that doesn't, there, there's some bad teachers, but it doesn't mean that Ms. Phelps was necessarily one of them. However, I think that it's uh, you know, certainly within the purview of a student to say, my teacher is bad. Well, apparently the school didn't think so because yeah. uh, mm. she was suspended for three days and then dropped from her all her AP or dropped from at least that AP class to like oh, a wow. lower class. Um, and she's now suing the school and the, I guess the principal specifically to. Um, to have her like suspension taken off her permanent record, so. Um, and the, and she was, well, wait, is, well, hold is, on. What was she suspended for? Uh, let me see here. It says um, she did the thing after school hours on her computer at home, uh, and then some other students wrote on the thing and on the the, the page, I guess, and said that there was a, that the teacher was actually good and that the student shouldn't have written that. Um, and then when the school's principal uh, learned of the posting, he suspended her for three days and forced her into lesser honors classes. And wow. they constituted, they say that her actions on Facebook constituted cyberbullying, harassment towards a staff member, and <laughs> disruptive behavior. Insubordination. Well, cyberbullying is, cyber is this new term that, uh, yeah, for, new catch -all. for saying something bad to someone. Right. Um, you know, bullying is essentially a series of threats. Well, wait a minute. She didn't say anything bad to the teacher. It was it, was, it wasn't even that no, she directed it, it toward her. She just said she was the worst teacher that she ever met. Um, so she just she posted that on Facebook. On Facebook, right. at home, on her own computer. Yeah, so it wasn't like she email bombed her or something like no. that, or sent her a virus nope. or did yeah. anything and, well, against it's, her. It's it's um it it's silly. It's like saying that I cy oh, no, yeah. It's like making up a. They made up a term, cyberbullying. Yeah. I mean, what is cyber assassination? <laughs> it's not assassination, yeah. and cyberbullying right. is not bullying. Right. I mean, it, exactly. it's just it's it's a crappy thing to you know. Just, it's that, smear that, tactics. They call it the accuser of disruptive behavior, which I feel you guys always talk about uh, disorderly conduct. I feel like it's the same idea, like disruptive behavior. Yeah, you know, I think she anything. has a right to be pretty outraged about this, and her parents as well, considering they're forced to pay for this government school oh. system, and she was in those classes, and she was not disrupting the classes. So nope. I think it's pretty outrageous what they've done here. If it was a private school and they had some rule against that, well, that would be their business. Uh, but and I, I think it's pretty silly. But that'd be their business. But in this case, ever since everyone is forced to pay for it, uh, this oh, girl yeah. should be given a fair fair shot well, to complete her classes as is. Uh, you know, they, this doesn't happen often, but the ACLU agreed with uh, 
agreed with that agreed with you know my I don't really you know like the ACLU a whole lot, but they agreed with the girl. They're paying for her attorneys and they're going after mm-hmm. the principal. I don't. It doesn't sound like they're suing for any money. They just want the suspension taken off her record. Now, um, so. I, 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 I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of curious here, Ian. Um, now, this is an AP class. You've taken AP classes, isn't that Only correct? one. You took AP. And I AP. failed it. Okay. Um, Actually, I got an A in the class, but I failed the AP. The AP test. The test. Okay. Which is the only thing that counts. Now, um, you're, you're saying that this would be okay if it was at a private school, but I'm kind of curious. What if um, a student puts in, you know, t- uh, the, the, the full year nearly, eight mm-hmm. months out of the nine months that one goes to school, in a private school, and then for whatever reason, the private school says, you can't, you, you're bad, you you can't finish this class. Well, what's or the whatever. agreement say? Do they have a refund policy? I mean, will she get money back out of that? Or I guess it would depend on what the agreement was between the school and the parents. I don't know that yeah. uh, necessarily, you know, when I went to a private school, I don't know that there was would have been any refund policy. I mean, what are you going to refund on? AP classes are rather unique, mm-hmm. um, and you're, you're, you're talking about uh, a very unusual case because, yeah. you know, how many students are going to get kicked out eight months, you know, into an AP class? Likely, there, it wouldn't be stipulated sure. in the agreement. So if uh, wouldn't the student be able to sue the school in order to be able to? I don't know. I guess it would depend on what the arbitrator thought. Thanks, Cameron, for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Appreciate you bringing that up at 800-259-9231. Nick, your thoughts? I don't know. I mean, it seems to me like the school took the wrong action, and hopefully the lawsuit's successful. I have a feeling that if it was a private school, you would... The private school wouldn't really want to get a bad reputation with parents, and if there was going to be a big stink about it, I don't think parents would like the idea that their money would essentially be taken from them, because they're paying for... The credits, essentially. Yeah. And if you've completed most of the class, it seems like most parents who are paying for a private education would expect that their student would be able to finish that class. I mean, that to me, that just seems like I agree. there would be a customer service angle there that just doesn't exist in pri- public school. And the, and, the, and the private school, it really, it has a financial interest in keeping and retaining that student. Unlike the government, they have a, a guarantee that the students will be retained because the police back them up. But with the private school, they want you to come back next year. And so they have an interest to say, all right, you know, well, she's being a problem. So we'll try to smooth this over as best as we can. We'll give you your offer your money back or something like that since she didn't get to complete what it was that uh, we're ex- she was expecting Well, to. this was a charter school, which to some extent is sort of a hybrid between uh, no, a private school. Really yeah, it is. Not. Sure it is. Um, Just because, a government school run by a private company. But, well, and that gets money for each student. If that student decides, I don't want to be at this charter school any longer and went to another school, which was certainly within her purview, then they would have lost that I money. I believe government so schools get money for each in, student. In, they're incentivized in the same way. More on the way. You take control. Bring up what you want, but it's not the same, Mark. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. We'll talk more about it. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free. They include the wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com. Edit virtually anything you see. 
WIKIWiki.freetalklive.com. If you easily want to um, update the look of those old cabinets or that old set of drawers, InnerKnobs.com offers a wide variety of knobs and pulls for every taste and budget. You can save 10% on your order by using code FTL at checkout. That's FTL as in Free Talk Live. InterKnobs.com, I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com, or see their banner at freetalklive.com. All right, so we continue with your phone calls and talk to Glenn, listening in Massachusetts. Glenn, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, what's going on? What's on your mind tonight, Glenn? Well, um, I'm kind of concerned, actually. I'm here in Boston, and um, I've never, well, I haven't seen this in a long time. Um, It's called Transit Watch. It's these, um, you know, officers uh, just giving out these flyers, uh, mini flyers, um, stating that uh, you're going to be searched basically on um, on public streets anywhere that, where there's like a bus stop or mm. or a train stop and, and so I wait I, well, hold on are they giving out flyers or are they searching people are they announcing they're going to be searching or has the searching already begun yeah that, that's that's basically what I wanted to talk about it's like they're basically um, giving out flyers but at the same time uh, one of them tried to actually search me mm. Okay, so that 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 was kind of uh, disconcerting to me. I, I was I was angry. I didn't uh, let him do it, and and what he replied was, "Well, you need to get off the property then." And I'm like, "It's public." <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, he's like, "No, but this is uh, MBTA property," and and I'm like, I, "I was just I was shocked, basically, you know, because he I mean, it seems like he doesn't have the right to do that." Well, he does have the right because he's got a gun on his hip, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's all they've got, really. This is interesting because I hadn't heard that it was going on in Boston. We know it's been happening in New York City and Washington, D.C. I guess it just makes sense that all the other cities have just quietly picked it up, and maybe it just didn't make maybe it didn't make national news, but it was reported in the Boston area or something like that because it was first I'd caught wind of it. Nick, Mark, you guys I, here? I hadn't heard anything about it. It totally doesn't surprise believable. me. It's yeah. outrageous. Totally believable. Yeah, that's how they all work. I mean, if you don't uh, consent to the search, they demand that you leave. Now, you can leave and then go to another subway entrance and try that one and odds are good that the same cops aren't going to be there if they really are randomly searching then you'll have a chance of getting on the subway but what a scam huh yeah, I mean, uh, what's next? You know, your, your homes? I mean, what? That is what's next, it seems like. At least, well, you know, there's probably an interim step, and that will be, they'll go from the air, they'll, they'll go from outside of the airports and the subway stations to, like you were saying, bus stations are already apparently doing that, and then they'll expand out from there to roadblocks. I mean, that's what I would think. And they've already done roadblocks in uh, Washington, D.C. They set them up in, I believe it was the Trinidad neighborhood, and that, that went for a good week. Uh, there was, I think, there was roadblocks down south in a little town in Georgia as well. So, yeah, that's what's coming yeah. next. And then house-to-house searches. It's up here now, and and it's really disconcerting. I mean, the guy even, I I even told him I was like, uh, you don't have the right to do this. I mean, and this and that, right? So all of a sudden he just turned at me. He just laughed and he said, <laughs> yeah, just read the paper. Right, you and your silly yeah. rights. Ha, ha, yeah. ha, Glenn, what are you thinking? You exactly. silly American. Read the paper as though you're responsible for reading it. Well, you know what you could do? If you, wow. if you wanted to, you could get like one of those pocket constitutions, and next time they tell you to read the paper, you could say, well, you can read this paper, and that's not going to do anything. They're still going to throw you out of the, uh, the subway, but it would know, be a nice, fun little uh, camera moment if somebody was there recording it. Oh, my God. 
I mean, I mean, it says any person refusing to leave will uh, will, will be requested to do so and be subject to arrest. That's what it says on the paper. Disorderly conduct, baby. And here's the, now, one yeah. would assume that the reason that they're searching people is based on uh, terror. That's suspects. their excuse. I mean, it's, yeah. it's an it, it, That's what I would assume. That's what they've been okay, saying okay. in D.C. But that's exactly. That, that's exactly what, what what I was thinking, and then bam, in the bottom it says, working together, transit employees and customers are provide highly effective first line of defense against terrorism. Yeah. Okay, so um, now, now the are idea... They, are they preparing something that we don't know, or, or what's going on? I, I, well, I don't know that uh, one can a, make any speculations as to what, what their plans are, but I can tell you that um, whatever this is is pointless, because if I'm a terror suspect, all I have to do is say, no, you can't search me because I have a bottle of sarin <laughs> gas shoved in my pants i'm going to leave and then go to the next subway entrance this this is nothing but herding sheep yep you could do that if you were really interested in getting on the train but an explosion anywhere in a subway tunnel is going to really scare some people it's going to cause terror either way so a a terrorist could i mean if they were going to suicide if they were planning on planting a bomb then they might not want to kill themselves but if they were planning to suicide terror then they just let it off right there and then i mean they could just they could just detonate right there if anybody ha- hasn't been to, to Boston, they, they will know that it's a really like it's an open space uh, that they have here in every uh, train or bus station. So if mm-hmm. any, anything would happen, I mean, they, they wouldn't have to be in the area. They could just like, you know, uh, just throw themselves at, at at a bus and that's it. You know what I mean? With a bomb or something. So yeah. wait, you were I'm sorry, you were at the, a bus station or were you at the subway? No, bus station. Oh wow, bus stations now. Okay, yeah, so there, is there a subway in Boston? Yes, there, there okay. is. Yeah. There so, is. so now they're doing so it on the like, city bus. So they're doing it. So the the uh, the flyer says they're doing it subway, city bus, and was there something else? No. The, the, as a matter of fact, they didn't even mention like like uh, like uh, you know what I mean, like parts. They just said the whole transportation. The whole system. transportation deal. Okay. Well, there you go. And and who knows? Maybe they're going to start. Maybe they're walking dogs around the parking areas. I know that the Bo- city of Boston has several uh, parking stations where you can park and then hop on one of those subway trains, and they'll, they'll right, take yeah. you into the heart of Boston. That we don't have to try parking downtown. Uh, so problem. so yeah. Who knows? They're probably walking dogs through there, and maybe they'll start search ba- breaking into people's cars and searching them. Of course, they're going to find a lot of drugs. Not so many terrorists. They're going to find lots yeah. of drugs uh, with the, this new tactic. Exactly. This- unconstitutional and i just i just wanted to let uh uh you guys know and um anybody else uh know oh, thank that, you, you know, it, it's starting up here in boston yep. and you know yeah i you know i was uh the, when i went to boston a couple of years ago i went during the uh the, the little marijuana thing in the park that they have the like, hemp like, fest, hemp fest day yeah and i was oh, there yeah, for that yeah. And uh, and it's just I just can't stand going to cities unless I absolutely uh, need to for some reason. So I just couldn't see myself coming back. And now I really can't see myself coming back. I have no interest in uh, being subjected to that nonsense if I don't have yeah, to. I mean, I, I've never uh, been through something like this uh, personally. Wow, how'd you feel? Just, I felt violated, honestly. I really, I mean, like really violated. So like, did you turn around and walk away? Uh, I stayed there for a but then I saw them come back. Like uh, it was uh, two of them after that, so I just decided to just leave. After mm-hmm. you know, um, might as well leave because if, if one said something to me, maybe like with both of them, they're going to do something to me. So yeah, you know what? I mean, they so. they get their numbers, but you know, like any bullies, when their uh, numbers are increased, yeah. they they have a tendency yeah. to get more belligerent. Um, I you know. <sighs> 
I, I can understand why the, the city might think that it's a good idea to shake people down to uh, stop terror. I, I can kind of get that. But it's so nonsensical when it doesn't even, it doesn't even make sense, let alone unconstitutional. Yeah. It's pointless. You can walk away. And you could yeah. bl- detonate your bomb right there. How about this one? I expect you'll probably see this one eventually. They'll probably start boarding the buses. They'll oh randomly God, yeah. board a bus and then pick somebody out. You know, somebody they don't like the way they look. They'll pick somebody out and then search you on the bus. And if you don't want to get searched, well, see you later. You can step off the bus here, sir, or something like That's that. Right. That could be. They could go there next. Be a very I've, easy next step for them. I've noticed that they changed a uh, uh, couple of. Uh, like the the timing of the of the buses they they've changed like like the delays and everything I've noticed that that's been changed uh, I'm not sure what that what do you think that has to do with anything uh, maybe it's it's like tactics or something like that you know like to go inside a bus uh you know just basically pick out people and just wait for the next one to come up but since the next one is delayed you got more people out outside you know waiting so for, you're for saying that you're, too. you're saying the buses are taking longer yeah. Is that what you're saying? I see where you're coming yes. from on that. So well, I'm I, thinking maybe, you know, it has something to do with that. And the thing is, I don't want to increase paranoia or anything like that, but uh, remember that um, that thing that, um, I'm not sure if, uh, I think Powell was the one that said it, something about um, Obama when uh, the, the 20th. Yeah, yeah, something awful is going to happen in his first, yeah, what, that. five months or something like that. Something, uh, some really I, I don't know if they, they want to increase paranoia or something like this yeah. with all this going on and everything. But it, it wouldn't be a surprise, though, would it? Glenn, thank you for the update. I hope you get the hell out of there sometime soon. Maybe move a few miles north to New Hampshire where that kind of stuff is not going on outside the airport. Thank you for the call. More on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, learn how you can promote Free Talk Live by going to promote.freetalklive.com. You'll find all kinds of different options most of them are completely free. There are a few that are low cost, like printing out flyers. But you get uh, graphics, vector-style graphics you can make to uh, turn into your own flyers if you want to, or design your own graphics, whatever you want to do. Uh, it's up to you. Go to promote.freetalklive.com and see the options. As we continue here, your phone calls are what this is about. Of course, uh, hopefully we will get a chance to have Nick tell his story about his encounter with the police, which, uh, Mark, you and I have not heard yet. So no, we, we I'm will, very interested. Our, we have virgin ears on this one. Uh, we're going to go to Jim in Illinois first. Jim, you are on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Uh, good to talk to you guys again. Hey, what's uh, on your mind tonight, Jim? Oh, boy, you've been following what's going on in Illinois today. Yeah, I spotted that news. It was in my show prep for tonight. Uh, I'm wondering if it's a, it's like a Guinness Book of World Records. I mean, uh, two imprisoned living governors? No, in one... Spitzer not, is not imprisoned. Spitzer? Spitzer, governor. You're talking about the New York State governor? No, I'm talking about uh, Illinois has two governors, the, the former governor. Oh, I didn't listen and to the you. Current yeah, the former governor, George Ryan. And uh, the current one, he actually, uh, the way I understand, um, I see. Uh, Blagojevich is actually out, uh, out of jail this morning. I don't understand what the the deal there is. But how do you uh, pronounce his last name? Blagojevich. I've never heard it pronounced before. Blagojevich. Blagojevich. I always just called him Governor Rod. Yeah, that's that's what everybody. Well, all seems I'm going to say about that is the three top-ranking Democrats uh, in Illinois are named Dick, Rod, and Dick. So you know, <laughs> take that for whatever it's worth. 
I just uh, I got a message today from somebody at the Department of Justice in New Hampshire. I'm trying to call them for an interview to ask them some questions about the consent of the governed, and their spokesperson's name is Richard Head. <laughs> uh, this is turning into Beavis and Butthead here a little bit, but uh... <laughs> so let's let's bring our listeners up to speed here with what the news is in case they have not heard. Uh, do you want to tell Do you want to tell us what it is? Want to give us a rundown, Jim, or should we let yeah, the AP do it? I can tell you a few things here. I uh, only here in uh, hold on. I got kids here. I'm, I'm on the phone. I'm on the phone. Leave, on daddy, the phone. Alone. <laughs> Leave daddy alone. Plenty of time for okay. you later. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, Oh man, it's where to begin. The biggest, uh, the biggest thing is, is that he was trying to sell off uh, Obama's vacant Senate seat. Um, now, remind you, a lot of this stuff has just happened in the last month, and he's been being investigated, wiretaps, everything for at least for a long three time. years. So, so and he was. So now, is it is it because the governors get to appoint the replacement for a, yeah, for that's a gone the way senator? Yeah, in Illinois. I see. In fact. They were talking today that uh, the Illinois uh, State House is going to hold a special election for the Senate seat now. Uh, however, <laughs> even even since Rod was in jail today, he could have still appointed somebody while in jail. Interesting. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I, they probably didn't plan for this contingency, contingency. And is it illegal for him to sell the uh, Senate seat? Hmm. You know, likely they never thought that somebody, well, I mean, they would sell it. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I would imagine it's technically illegal, but uh, come on, this is Illinois we're talking about. Uh, selling political office and political jobs, that's that's the norm here, unfortunately. That's how we do it here in Illinois. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> not saying that I agree with it, but, you know, that's... That's the way things are. Jim, do you feel like this turn of events, I mean, and, and Mark, when you mentioned two governors, I immediately thought of New York's governor who got in trouble for the prostitution thing earlier this year. I was thinking, well, we've had two governors go down in uh, in one year's time. That's got to be a, a record as well, I would think. Uh, but, I mean, do you feel like when these government people get caught red-handed like this, does it do damage to the legitimacy of the state? Or do you think most people just tell themselves, boy, that governor, Rod, he sure was a bad man, but we'll just elect someone better next time. Yeah, I honestly think the people don't care. Really? Uh, to be honest with you. <laughs> really? I, I mean, first of all, you got and with Illinois. I mean, you got a city that over ninety percent, ninety-five percent vote Democrat, and they basically state, you know, do the whole thing for the rest of the state. I don't think they care about the individual who's running because, well, you look at the city of Chicago. You got Richard Daley. You got you had uh, what's his name? Rostenkowski was up there. You had. Uh, all these ne'er do wells up there, mm -hmm. and they're just used to the corruption. It's so the right. So it's been going on so much. It's so uh, so pervasive. I mean, Chicago, Chicago and Illinois. Uh, excuse me. Chicago and uh, Louisiana, uh, New Orleans, um, more than anything, are probably the two most considered corrupt, corrupt. places in the United States. And no one cares. And what are you going to do about it? What What do you do about it? They're going to the vote. Out. They're going to vote uh, Democrat in both places every time. And mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I, I, not to say that the Republicans would be less corrupt. Mm -hmm. They're going to about their party, whatever it is, uh, every time, and, you know, nothing's going to change. Well, all I'm going to say about the former governor, Ryan, he uh, he got uh, indicted on a pay-for-play scam with um, with uh, license, driver's licenses here, and I had already been kind of leaning toward, uh, toward liberty, but when he finally got indicted, and the fact that his uh, pay-for-play uh, driver's license scam indirectly caused the death of six children up in Wisconsin... Mm. 
you know, I was like, you know what? Heck with all this, man. I, I, I'm tired of it. I mean, the system's system. You know, I mean, the system in Illinois here. Well, I imagine everywhere else, but you know, firsthand experience here in Illinois. Corrupt as corrupt can be, and wow. see you guys later. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. So everybody has basically accepted that government is corrupt, and that's just the way it is, and let's just move along, go along to get along, and try to make our lives as, as good as it can possibly be, and yeah, keep our heads questions. down. Yeah, don't ask questions. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's the way it is here. You know, like I said, I think I don't think it's that way everywhere, but, you know... I only I, I know I speak with that what I know. So. I think that it was getting that way here in New Hampshire. I think that a lot of the New Hampshire liberty activists that have lived here for a long time had gotten a feeling of a dread. You know, all these Massachusetts people coming up, bringing their status ways here, and they felt as though they were losing grip. And in fact, they probably were. Uh, and sure, they were. But, but having this influx of activists from the Free State Project has helped reignite the flame of liberty here in New Hampshire. And I think that I think that's one of the reasons why concentrating activists is so powerful because it gets it gets that vibe out there it gets that feeling and people you know people can feel that there's something changing and that there's something exciting going on whereas if what you've got is like a handful of people at a libertarian party meeting where you are meeting every so often talking about the issues and maybe now and then doing an outreach table somewhere it doesn't really feel like you're doing anything but treading water if that because you're not yeah you know, I would like to join you guys up there, but right now I just don't have the money to do it. And my oldest is nine, and my youngest is six. So, yeah. I mean, uprooting them right now not a good thing. But it's definitely well, there's no good I'm time to uproot kids. The there's never going to be a good time to uproot kids. I mean, when they're in, when they're in college, uh, you know, coming back, you're not going to want to uproot them then. I mean, you know, well, the number one thing is money, though. I just Understood. I just don't have the money. Understood. <laughs> you know, that's, but well. um, you know, barring that, I mean, you got to do what you can where you are if you can't concentrate with everyone else i understand that i know there are a lot of people that believe it i just wonder what you can do where you are besides keep your head down and try and stay out of the uh you know out of the way of the cockroaches and well, hopefully they don't come I after can, you i can try to educate my family right now that's about the extent yep. of it that'll work <laughs> thanks at least for doing a little that. bit thank you for the call tonight and i appreciate you bringing this up because it is a big issue and thank you jim 800-259-9231 for your comments the story here from the associated press and not only is uh, Governor Rod from Illinois being charged with conspiring to sell or trade the Senate seat left vacant by Barack Obama, but he's also been charged with illegally threatening to withhold state assistance to Tribune Company, the owner of Chicago Tribune, in the sale of Wrigley Field, according to a criminal complaint from the feds. In return for state assistance, Governor Rod allegedly wanted members of the paper's editorial board, who had been critical of him, fired. So attempting to crack down on uh, the editorial decisions of the newspaper. A 76-page FBI affidavit said the Democratic governor was intercepted on court-authorized wiretaps over the last month, conspiring to sell or trade the Senate seat for personal benefits for himself and his wife, Patty. Otherwise, Rod considered appointing himself. The affidavit said that as late as November 3rd, he told his deputy governor that if they're not going to offer me anything of value, I might as well take it. I'm going to keep the Senate option for me a real possibility, said Rod, you know, and therefore I can drive a hard bargain. Allegedly, he said later that day, according to the affidavit, which also quoted him as saying in a remark punctuated by profanity that the seat was a valuable thing. You don't just give it away for nothing. <laughs> and I saw some of the uh, profane uh, things that he said. He's got quite a mouth on him, that Governor Rod. Quite a nasty man. Certainly not the uh, the uh, family man image that many politicians would like to portray for themselves.
uh, you know, cussing politician. Meh. Yeah. Well, the affidavit said uh, Governor Rod also discussed getting a substantial salary for himself at a nonprofit foundation for an organizer or, or an organization affiliated with labor unions. It said he also talked about getting his wife placed on corporate boards where she might get $150,000 a year in director's fees. So, man, he's a busy guy. He's not busy. He's just an extorter. Well, busy extorting money. Mm-hmm. Busy setting things up. Using his power for his benefit, which That's is it goes. what it's all about, isn't it? And you don't think this happens in your state? Remember, this was the co- governor who got caught. How many others are engaging in similar behavior? More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Hour two's coming up. Hey, podcast listeners. I've been working with a couple of advertisers who have concerns about the ages of our podcast listenership. Generally, the younger the person, the more likely they are to fill out a survey. We need to counteract this trend. Please. Take a moment to go to survey.freetalklive.com and let us know your age and sex. That's survey.freetalklive.com, especially if you're over 25. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching at hour number two of the program. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We continue with your phone calls, and we go to Stephen in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Stephen. Hey Steven. there. Uh, really quickly, is Gard still a friend of the show? Oh, yeah. Gardner, we don't like Gard anymore. Uh, Gardner is, uh, <laughs> he, you know, he's a busy guy. Uh, he's, I, I think it was last night that he had to take care of his niece. So well, short uh, notice, okay. he was going to come. Things, told, there's been a lot of uh, turmoil in Gardner's life. His uh, mother died recently, and it, oh, you know, he bad. was, um, as I recall, as I understand, he was uh, at least living there, or going over to help, or something like that. And so, pretty sure he was. There's there. a sister um, involved, and he has to, you know, obviously their lives have changed. So yeah. likely, yeah. when uh, the grandmother would have watched the niece, now Gardner may be left to do that, or who knows. Okay, well, if Gard is listening, then my condolences. We've lost some loved ones in the last few years, too. So um, the, well, I, the reason why I asked that is because I, I thought about Gard today. I, the, the neocon at work that I have uh, <laughs> infrequently called you guys about mm-hmm. said something really bizarre. We uh, stopped by the Ford place today to get our trucks serviced, and uh, I was looking at the, one of the new Shelby KR500, uh, you know, the sh- Carol Shelby's version of a Mustang, mm-hmm. uh, and I commented on the price was forty-seven thousand, and uh, I mean it's a Shelby, so you know it, I don't know if it's worth it or not. <laughs> Maybe to somebody it is. Uh, yeah, sure but anyway, is. We, we were looking at it. And it's a sweet car, and um, this guy said, "Oh, that's outrageous." He goes, "You know, my now this is a this is a Republican. This guy voted for McCain, voted for Bush, Bush." You know, go all the way back. As long as he's been voting, he's been voting Republican. He said, oh, that's outrageous. You know, we're in a de- depression now, and they're, they're, the prices keep going up. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, they need to put price controls on everything. Oh, my and gosh. These price, these price gougers need to be sent to jail. <laughs> that's what he said. And this oh is a God. Republican, man. Well, and I said, he's clearly I, I said, oh, so, so, inconsistent. So you like, 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. He's clearly inconsistent, and uh, I, I think that this is sort of one of the things that you have to understand is when you're dealing with uh, you know people that label themselves Republican and Demo- Democrat, they may not have been Republican for the reason that you thought they were Republican, or the reason that you were Republican if you were, and or right. you know so yeah maybe he just likes guns. There's um, for instance right. Democrats basically get uh, voted in here locally in Keene, but they're not the kind of Democrats that my wife was raised around who are no, they like guns actually a lot of Democrats labor right Democrats uh, you know essentially what she was raised around so they you know the values can be, can be different these big tent parties that they have they, they don't service uh, there's no principle anywhere yeah right see I, I was raised a Democrat but I was raised a Democrat in the South and when I moved to Seattle I, I realized that either Southern Democrats are different or I'm just a weird Democrat because I I believed in guns although I believe they should be regulated I just had some different kind of beliefs you know uh, kind of like a moderate uh, moderate liberal or liberal conservative or something like that. Uh, but uh, a you know, I've moved away from that now. But, so what uh, did you anyway. say to the guy uh, when he when he mentioned that he wants price control? Oh, I, I just I just said, well, you know, price controls don't really work, right? Uh, you, you do know that, don't you? And he goes, well, it'd keep the prices down anyway. Uh-huh, and, I said, uh-huh. and I said, well, it would make sure that. Uh, the suppliers would have no incentive to put anything on right. the shelves. We'd have empty store shelves. Yeah, the prices would go down, and the the shelves would empty, and then the shelves would never be restocked because yeah, they have no I, incentive. I said, think about it. I said, think if you're a baker, and all of a sudden the government said that you have to sell your bread for ten cents a loaf. I said, how uh, how much incentive would you have to put loaves of bread on those store shelves? Yeah. None. That's you just know, amazing. Say, well, I just keep my bread at home and eat it. Or, or you'll go find it, um, more work because the government has essentially outlawed your business, or you'll uh, move right. to some other country where you can sell your bread sure. or you ship your bread out of the country. You'll do whatever you want to do in order to uh, to get around this system. The idea that you can control the market with government uh, dictates is, is silly. But people don't understand economics, so they think that right. lawmakers can just pass a law and it will change the rules of economics, right. which like are waving essentially a, yeah. the magic rules wand. of reality. I mean, right. You can't just wave a magic wand and sign of a piece of paper with words on it and all of a sudden have everything change and and, you know and that's one good thing about the the libertarian party of old not this new uh nouveau or uh, libertarian party but the libertarian party of old was very good about educating people on that stuff bob barr never once got out there and talked about you know what happens when you pass minimum wage laws i don't think bob barr uh, did anything besides talk about bob barr right exactly (laughs) but harry brown educated me personally on what happens when you institute price controls, what happens when you punish price gougers, mm-hmm. what happens when you raise the minimum wage, etc. Harry Brown, I learned of course, economics from Harry Brown. Harry Brown, of course, being the, uh, the Libertarian Party's presidential candidate in 1996 and 2000. It was a huge influence in my uh, my de- development, I suppose you could yep. say, as well. And any other th- anything else you wanted to share with us tonight, Stephen? I think that's it, gentlemen, and a uh, very good show. Thank you very Thanks much. Thanks for the update. Appreciate hearing from you. Let's continue with Travis in Wisconsin. Travis, you are on Free Talk Live. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, not too much. I'm working on a, a paper for um, a, a theology class that I'm taking. Okay. Uh, I spoke with you earlier uh, um, about communism a little bit. Sure. Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, I'm working on this this paper for a theology class, and it's about um sort of uh, morality. Uh, mm-hmm. Do I think it exists? Is it a real force in the world? Are are certain acts like intrinsically by nature good or evil? Is morality just something that humans kind of project into the world? I don't know what you think about it. 
Um, I kind of take the 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 Kant uh, you know Kantian uh, philosophy on it. Uh, my understanding is is that sort of if you if you apply it universally, then it's um, and it's sort of universally good, then it's a good thing. If you uh, apply it um, universally and it is not good for everyone, then it's a bad thing. So, you know, stealing is good for me, but it's not good for the guy I stole from or, you know, people yeah. in general. Well, that's that's kind of reaching a little much. That's talking about, like, ethics and stuff. I just mean, like, um, is... What's the difference murder, between ethics and morality? Is the act of murder intrinsically wrong? Is there a, is, are you saying are morals, well, like, a tangible thing? Like, do they actually physically exist, is the question? No, not, not even necessarily... Uh, I mean, they could they could metaphysically exist, but I mean, like, um, do you think that that there are such things as morals in any kind of context? Are there outside? You mean outside there, of your own self? I I don't think so. I think of, that outside of morals that we as humans just kind of by nature project into the world. I don't I don't know about that. I think that I think that my understanding of morality is that it's a it's a set of uh, a code or a set of values that you adopt for yourself. Uh, and you know, hopefully uh-huh. others will adopt similar sensible sets for themselves as well, but I don't think there's any external morality. No, I mean, yeah, this, to me it's just a psychological thing. We just project them. I think that people just create their own moral systems. I'm not saying I think morals are relative because I live by a moral code that I would I consider, as far as I go, absolute. I mean, that's how I judge people's actions, but I don't uh-huh. think that there's I don't think there's something hey, floating around in the ether. Morals are relative. Relative. No, I don't think morals are relative. Oh, I see. So um, okay, if you're well, hungry... What, is, is what it... if I go down to South America and there's like these indigenous tribes of people and, and I go down there and say, hey, eating people is wrong. Uh, it's still wrong, yeah. I, I mean, I, that's... It's wrong by your moral set, but not still, by theirs. Right, by mine, but if you're not going yeah, so to impose relative. your moral set on other people, then you essentially don't have a moral set to judge people by. I mean, if you're yeah, going to... isn't that relative? Because their moral set no, is, mer- you know... Well, their moral sets, they don't consider murder wrong, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to look at what they're doing and stay quiet about the I fact that I don't think he's suggesting you should stay quiet. He's just asking if it's relative, and I think that yeah, he, so I think it that, is relative. Then that act of, of eating people is, is wrong relative to your moral set. Uh, no, I think it's... I, I, in my opinion, morals are absolute. I'm not a big one for saying, well, because of cultural differences in this society, they view it as okay, therefore to them it is. I mean, they might think what they're doing is okay, but that doesn't make it so. I mean, there are plenty of people in our culture who... But that's their morality. It. Right, it's, and it's different from it's yours incorrect. and mine. Yes. Well, right, we can say that, but they would say that your might, yours might be. Well, yeah, this, they would. Is, this is sort of the one of the ways that, uh, if, if one would call it that, the marketplace of morality goes into effect is, um, you know, what which society is going to win out, as it were, in the long run. Who, um, you know, who's going to move there? What, um, who's going to produce more as far as a, a better culture? Um, who's going to destroy each other? Thank you, Travis, for the call. Good discussion. Appreciate hearing from you. In a way, we're, uh, we're moralists as, as liberty people in that Absolutely. we want others to adopt our uh, set of values in that we don't want them to aggress against their neighbors. It's a simple one. More coming up. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free. We've got updates. You get signed up. We keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. That's updates. 
www.freetalklive.com. If you're thinking about starting a business, here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that could wipe you out. And it's tax season, and incorporation has tax benefits to it, too. Um, And you need, when I say tax season, I mean that you need to incorporate by the end of the year in order to get the benefits for 08 uh, for incorporation. LegalZoom.com is both fast and easy. I've done it. It is. They do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, trademarks. Use code FTL, as in Free Talk Live, FTL, to save $10 off your order. That's LegalZoom.com. So just a little more about this story about Governor Rod out of Illinois being arrested on corruption charges. We mentioned last hour that uh, he's been uh, accused of conspiring to sell the Senate seat left vacant by Barack Obama, as well as uh, threatening the owner of the Chicago Tribune uh, if with uh, p- problems, essentially, if they didn't get rid of certain members of the editorial board, and uh, as well as just trying to essentially squeeze as much money out of as many people as he possibly could, organizations benefiting uh, that would benefit him and his wife, and uh, just all over the place. Uh, just a little bit more here. Apparently, he wasn't the only one arrested. His chief of staff, uh, John Harris, was also arrested because corruption. You can't just be a lone guy and be corrupt in the government. It's it's all over the place. And it seems like the allegations are true that we've heard from so many former cops on this show. who They've said that the corrupt people rise through the ranks. And so here you are up at the tip top. Governor Rod, corrupt, investigated for three years by the FBI. It's hard for me to imagine somebody getting into a position like that without having some level of, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to use the term corruption, but they've they've, they've got to they have to have flexible morals in order to get there. As far as I'm concerned, corruption in his administration has been the focus of a federal investigation involving an alleged seven million dollar scheme aimed at squeezing kickbacks out of companies seeking business from the state. Federal prosecutors have acknowledged they're also investigating serious allegations of endemic hiring fraud under Governor Rod. Political fundraiser Antonin Rezko, who raised money for the campaigns of both Rod and Obama, is awaiting sentencing after being convicted of fraud and other charges. Rod's chief fundraiser, Christopher Kelly, is due to stand trial early next year on charges of obstructing the IRS. Of course, who really cares about that? According to Tuesday's complaint, Governor Rod schemed with Rezko, millionaire fundraiser turned federal witness Stuart Levine and others to get financial benefits for himself and his campaign committee. They said that he and the chairman of his campaign committee have been speeding up corrupt fundraising activities in the last month to get as much money as possible before the end of the year when a new law would curtail his ability to raise contributions from companies with state contracts worth more than $50,000. So trying to get as much money into the door as possible. According to the affidavit, Agents learned that Governor Rod was seeking $2.5 million in campaign contributions by the end of the year, with a large part allegedly to come from companies and individuals who've gotten state contracts or appointments. So the way that works is the companies give money to the connected people, like Governor Rod, and in, a, in response, he pulls some strings and manages to get them a contract that's worth much, much more. So Rod himself wouldn't be able to extract uh, the $2.5 million out of the contract or out of the department that's giving that contract. But if he can get money from the company that's getting the contract to point the contract in their direction, he is essentially taking a chunk of that money for himself. So, I mean, this is essentially what happens, right? This is also it's sure. just another version of lobbying. It's another version of the companies going to uh, giving money to campaigns, political campaigns. Except this is actually going directly to uh, Governor Rod, apparently, and his people. Uh, also, he took the chief. Get this: he took the chief executive's office in 2003 as a reformer, promising to clean up former <laughs> Governor George Ryan's mess. 
Ryan what is, else would he say if, a guy, if the guy got right. arrested? I mean, what else would you say as a politician? Ryan is serving a six-year prison sentence after being convicted of racketeering and fraud charges. A decade-long investigation began with a sale of driver's licenses for bribes and led to the conviction of dozens of people who worked for Ryan when he was Secretary of State and Governor. FBI spokesbureaucrats said federal agents arrested the governor and Harris simultaneously at 6.15 in the morning and took them to the FBI headquarters in Chicago. So there you have it. Another one caught red-handed. Now, some are speculating as to, well, why was this, why was it Governor Rod that was brought down? Why him? Anybody have any idea why this guy would have been targeted, whereas I, there's another 49 governors out there to be investigating? I don't know. Um, I mean, you know, it seems to me that he got on the wrong side of somebody somehow. Yeah, there's some speculation over at LewRockwell.com. I'm not sure how, uh, you know, how accurate it is, but they're speculating that he apparently at one point threatened the Bank of America, which is very well connected with, uh, with the, the federal money people. So they're suggesting he, they went after him because of that. Whether it's true or not, don't know. But nonetheless, uh, another example of how endemic, systemic this corruption is at the government level, all the way up to the top. Well, you know, I think that everybody knows this. I think that everybody knows that uh, the, the government is about rewarding your friends and punishing your enemies. And, and they think they can change it? The, yeah, the, but, but they think they must have it. It's a necessary evil, yeah. things like that. I, you know, and I've got to say that I don't disagree on some level. I would say that that level is very very small, though. I, I think that a lot of people also think it's just a handful of individuals. I mean, they'll hear the corruption stories, but they think it's just a few crooked politicians. Not that the what I would say probably the majority of politicians, once you reach a certain level, are either taking some form of graft or at the very least they're exchanging political favors, favors which isn't always necessarily illegal, even, but it's even essentially more inconsistent the same thing. than that. Um, I think that they think that all politicians are corrupt except for the ones that they like <laughs> that they ha- they know the name of. You know, yeah. like I, you know, all the politicians are corrupt, and, and this is how I feel, except for Ron Paul. You know, or uh, you know, I've got a couple of favorites out there, and I think they're all corrupt except those guys, and that's what these people think. And they also think, well, uh, yes, the Democrats are um, corrupt, but the Republicans are more corrupt. Corrupt or vice versa, you pick your party, mm-hmm. and and that's just you know. Well, yeah, of course the Democrats are corrupt, but the Republicans really are bad. Yeah. We must stop them; they'll ruin the world. And that's kind of that's how inconsistent their thoughts are to me. Your thoughts on this at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Do you think this is going to do anything? News like this does it do anything to help the Liberty Movement, or is it just? You know, water rolling off the duck's back. No big deal. Just another corrupt politician. He'll be replaced. And what can we really do about it, etc., etc. Your thoughts at 800-259-9231. We go unscreened to the amp line. Who's this? Hey, this is Matt from Illinois. Hey, Matt. Uh, you, do you have anything to add on this Illinois discussion here? As a matter of fact, I do. Okay, go ahead. Um, first off, I don't think it'll do much for liberty at all. Uh, when you look back at the last nine uh uh, governors that Illinois has had, uh, five of them have been arrested, <laughs> two convicted. So nice. uh, Illinois is uh, deep in it. Uh, you were talking about the Bank of America. This is what happened with uh, Blagojevich and the Bank of America. Okay. Uh, the Bank of America was withholding a or or would refuse to uh, to loan some of this money that they were given, some of this federal money that they were given to a company here in Chicago. Uh, and the company had to lay off 
uh, half its workforce, or maybe its whole workforce. Mm-hmm. And they are right now, the, the people that are uh, getting laid off are having a sit-in. Yeah, that's right. I heard something about that. I want you to tell me more. Hang on, all right? More on the way. We'll bring back Matt, talk to you as well about what you want. Plus, we'll get an update from Nick on what happened with him and the cop tonight. And take your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features, they're completely free, so enjoy those on us, including live streams, broadband version of the show, dial-up version, webcam, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Talking about Governor Rod. In fact, we're going to get back to uh, the story about the Bank of America, which I am not too familiar with, and Matt's going to clue us in. But first... According to the Computer Privacy Handbook, normal Internet technology is the most comprehensive surveillance system ever invented. You can put a stop to email snooping with an easy-to-use email alternative. It's privacyharbor.com because normal email is not secure. You can get a free account over at privacyharbor.com right now. Privacyharbor.com. 800-259-9231. We go back to Matt in Illinois. Matt, you're back on Free Talk Live. And you've begun to tell us, obviously, there's the big news today is Governor Rod over there in Illinois has been busted uh, for various different corruption-related things just all over the map. But one of the things uh, that was suggested was the reason why he was being investigated was because of some sort of Bank of America situation. And you'd just begun telling us about that. Uh, apparently, Bank of America refused to make a loan to some company in Illinois. As a result of that, they fired some of their staff. And now the staff is apparently occupying the former offices. Right. They're, they, they're, they have a sit-in going on in the, um, in the business. Um, they refuse to leave until they get um, severance pay, uh, and I guess there's some laws that have been um, uh, <clears throat> that, have, that the company hasn't followed, uh, some Illinois laws, some state laws. So Ron Lagojevich uh, said he wasn't going to do business with the Bank of America anymore. But this is all recent. <clears throat> He's been being investigated for a long time. Yeah, that's what I thought. And that's when I saw those allegations. I thought, well, that doesn't hold water because he has been under investigation. Maybe it's just the feds know that the Illinois guys tend to be corrupt, so they just continued They just continued their probe after the well, uh, the original guy got arrested, the last governor. Yeah, well, I think that uh, – well, Governor Ryan was uh, giving away license for money, licenses, driver's licenses for, uh, for money, mm-hmm. and uh, due to that – um, some guy that had gotten a a license, uh, driver's license with with a bribe uh, in Wisconsin was driving through Wisconsin, lost his tailpipe, and a car blew up, and six children were were killed in that car. Wow! And that's a big reason why Governor Ryan uh, was finally busted. Hmm. Um, but with Rod Blagojevich, it's it's there's different things going on. I think that he did uh, anger somebody. Um, I really believe that uh, there's a, uh, a heavy-duty politician in the state named um, Michael Madigan, whose daughter Lisa is the uh, state's attorney here, and him and Rob, Rob 
Blagojevich have been uh, going at it for a long time, so it might have something to do with that. And also, he might have he might have made Barack Obama mad. Yeah, that's, that's a possibility as well. I'm sure that. I'm and this sure. is you know this is yet another interesting kind of example of how it is that. There are people that suggest on this program, they've called in before, they, to suggest that there's this world conspiracy to uh, join all the governments together and to, and take over the world, world, one world government. And there's no doubt that there are people that are interested in that. But at the same time, that also means less power for some politicians. And it also means that other poli- you know, the politicians at the world government would then have control over the politicians at the lower levels. And there is some level of infighting amongst these people. They don't all just get along and hang out with one another another some of them do hang out with one another no doubt about it some of them are plotting to do things but on the other hand some of them are at each other's throats as this particular example is showing us i think your thoughts right i i yeah i think that um you know i can't see how I mean, this happens everywhere what he you know, basically he he's indicted for mail and uh and uh wire fraud that's it and i think you can indict any politician for that they all play these power games. And what the so hell is I, mail fraud anyway? Um, <laughs> I don't think sure, anybody knows. That's what the indictment is. <laughs> it's, it's one of those. Uh, it's one of those uh, disorderly conduct kind of charges. You know, they just it, they throw it at everybody. Is it if you do a crime using the U.S. Postal Service, it automatically becomes mail fraud? Is that's that how essentially. It works? So, Matt, any other thoughts on how this will affect uh, people? Didn't you, did, were you saying earlier that you didn't think anybody was really going to be affected by this as far as their opinions about the state or government in general? Not in Illinois. I think that um, we here in Illinois understand uh, better than anybody how corrupt government is, especially mm-hmm. in the Chicago area where you've had the daily machine running things for so long now. It's second nature. You know, if... if uh, if you, it wouldn't have been any different if you had the mob still running things. If um, Al Capone was still knocking on doors, going, "Hey, I need my uh, my protection money." You just do you, do you think them. something could change? Do you think that uh, there could be something there in Illinois that could change that? Could people become less complacent for whatever reason and then decide to get active and do something about the situation that they're in with the the just incredible amount of corruption that that they have up there, and of course, just the government in general being big and awful. Well, we we actually still have a uh, fairly decent economy going on here. Um, yeah, we're losing some jobs and everything else, but the housing market hasn't crashed yet, uh, and and the economy is still pretty much chugging along here. Um, I think if that was to you know stop, if the if the economy was to really crash hard and people were to start uh, starving, I think that's. <laughs> Starvation, that's what it's going to take. But, you, know, oh, I, you know, I I don't doubt that that's what it really does take to uh, get rid of, throw off a socialist government. So far, the evidence is pretty good that uh, essentially the, the, the government has to, to, to screw everything up so very badly that people are, are reduced to something close to the Stone Age. Mm-hmm. And then people will finally say, we don't want this government. Yeah. We want a new crappy government. <laughs> That's about it. All right, Matt. Well, I thank you for the call tonight and uh, appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Because there have been some conversations going on over at Bureaucrash Social. We'll tell you more about them here in a little bit. I might even share uh, one of them. Uh, of course, the critics of the Free State Project have come out of the woodwork, and they're talking about how it is that all oh, there are all kinds of other options out there. They haven't really mentioned 
too many of them, but uh, we'll get to that. First, I want to talk to Nick about what happened to him apparently earlier today here in our very own Keene, New Hampshire. Talk a lot about uh, the police on this show and how some of them do some pretty awful things. What happened with you today? I haven't um, heard the story yet, by the way. Well, I'll give some backstory for you and for the listeners. Okay, sure. Um, I live in an apartment in Keene, and on that block, there's most people there park on the street, at least during the summertime. Now everybody parks somewhere else. But my girlfriend had gotten a number of parking tickets, even though it's a residential neighborhood and everybody there essentially parks on the street. She had gotten a few parking tickets a month or two back. Mm -hmm. Um, And recently, she decided she was going to write the city a letter, actually, (laughs) sort of following the format you had used, Ian. Really? Well, not so much questioning consent, just saying that she thought that they they were targeting residents of this street Mm -hmm. and that there was no reason to be writing people parking tickets. And there wasn't anywhere really practical to park other than where she was parking. Well, because my letter was essentially saying, you know, I'd be happy to pay your ticket. Just show me proof of obligation that I, you know, that I've uh, agreed to obey your ordinances. They apparently marked it paid and or or maybe somebody actually did come in and pay. it. I never really found out what happened there. But essentially, I didn't have to pay for that ticket after sending that letter. Right. And she basically used the closing line that if she didn't hear back from them in something like 14 days or something like that, Mm -hmm. she would consider the matter closed. Hmm. Well, we dropped that letter in the mail. I think it was Friday. And was it registered mail or anything like that, or just no, regular? No, it was mail? just regular okay. mail. Um, Did she have it notarized or just, nope, just signed it? No, nope, just just signed it. Okay. Just a letter. Okay. Um, so today, this afternoon, I was at home, <laughs> yeah. uh, and I got a knock on the door. Oh my gosh! So I went downstairs, and I was kind of caught off guard. I didn't know who was knocking, but they didn't announce themselves. They just came downstairs. Opened the door, and oh. there was a police so officer look. right there. You didn't look to see No, I didn't. I just went right there and oh, cracked the door okay. and thought it was a cop. And um, Barry Cooper says never open the door for the police. Right. I didn't know it was a police. That right. was my first mistake. Okay. Uh, and then he, he obviously said, you're not. You're my girlfriend. And I said no. And then I made the mistake of he asked me where she worked. And... Oh, I boy. should have known better, uh, but... Let's we'll continue this. Hang on. Yeah. 800-259-9231. Is there more after you revealed uh, yeah, the next bit I, of information? Yeah, I kind of wanted right. to wrap it up. We'll get that here in a moment from Nick, and uh, take your calls as well at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. What to do when the police come a-knocking? We'll find out in moments. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away. So enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become a Free Talk Live amplifier. Just head over to amp.freetalklive.com and learn more about the program. It costs... Three bucks a month. It's totally voluntary. It's completely optional, but we would appreciate it because we take that money in and reinvest it into the show. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. So we use that money to help Free Talk Live get on more radio stations around the country, bring new Internet listeners on board from around the world, and help open people's minds, hopefully, to the ideas of freedom and liberty. And if that's valuable to you, you want perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more, head over to amp.freetalklive.com and get on board. That, again, is amp.freetalklive.com. Nick, you're telling us a story about uh, what happened 
it was between I guess it was it was actually kind of your girlfriend that might have brought this about uh, by well she did they were her parking tickets right she had racked up a couple of parking tickets uh, here in uh, beautiful Keene New Hampshire and then she wrote a letter to them basically saying hey look I can't really park anywhere else and it, it, essentially if you don't respond in 14 days we'll consider this nullified or something like that yes that was basically the gist of the letter and she wrote that letter how long ago um. Friday, we put it in the mail. So, so they, they must... actually did respond pretty quickly then. That's yes. interesting. Because it took them a month and a half to get back to me on the, the letter that I sent. And I only gave them 30 days to respond. So they, they took their sweet time there. Uh, this time they sent a cop to your house. He knocked on the door. You not realizing what was going on and not checking first. Uh, just, you know, swung the door open and there was a big... Very big cop. Yeah, uh, for people in Keene, he's a very large police officer. You'd recognize him if you had seen him before. So uh, what did this guy say to you? What was the conversation? How did uh, this go? Um, it was it was very quick, and I think that's one of the reasons I didn't really have my guard up yet, because mm-hmm. I was kind of flustered because I opened the door and there's a cop. Yeah. And he has a piece of paper, so uh oh, you know the fact <laughs> that, that you know the fact that there's the, a lot of the police probably know who I am. I know the prosecutor knows who I am. Sure. So I do. had a lot of thoughts going through my head. Um, and oh, it's my time. Right, right. <laughs> and he, you know, he he just asked um, if my girlfriend was home. I said no, and uh, and he, you know, I said she's at work, and he said where she work, and before. I thought about it. You I blurted it out. I blurted it out. Oh, man. So they they stopped by there. Um, so that was it. He turned around. He left at that point. He left. And, you know, right after I said it, I realized, yeah. crap, mm, yeah. I should have uh, I should have just said, <laughs> come back later. But I didn't. And, uh, you know, oh, so I just want to say I'm sorry to my girlfriend who's probably <laughs> listening. And to everybody else, you know. Well, wait a minute. What happened at, uh, to, to her at work? Do we know um, yet? She hasn't. No, no, no manager has said anything to her. Wait, um, when was this? This, this was today. this afternoon. Right. Okay. Um, they did show up. Um, they gave her the summons, and she told them it was. They showed up at her work. Right, gave her the summons. Right. And um, she told her manager that it was about parking tickets. And uh, I mean, she's got the piece of paper that says what it's for. And that's something that a lot of people have problems with around here. Right. And so, you know, I don't think it's going to be a big deal. Obviously, she's a bit concerned about it. And so she, she's going to court over this then. Uh, she has to go to court February fourth. Wow. So she's, you know, and there's a there's a few parking tickets and, you know, they add fees on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, to be honest, probably looking back on it, she should have responded immediately because then they don't rack up the fees so much. But still, I mean, the, the way they add administrative fees is pretty ridiculous. You can turn a $15 ticket into 60 or $70 pretty quickly. Um, so she's going to go there and, um, and fight the ticket. I mean, I'm not, she's, I don't think she's a hundred percent sure what tax she's going to take. What is the, is there a charge here? Like not paying the parking tickets or something? The summons is actually, it's not for like failure to pay or anything like that. It's just, it says it's for overnight parking. So it's for the parking tickets themselves. Huh. And what's the amount come to so far? Do you know? Uh, it's a few hundred dollars. Okay. So is she going to just go and pay, or is she planning on, like, putting up some sort of a, a defense here? Um, she, I mean, she has to appear. Uh, the problem with pleading not guilty is that it becomes a misdemeanor, as I understand it. So it's a violation so now. It's a violation now. It'll never show up it, um, mm. when you're looking for work or anything like that. If you if you fight it and you lose, you could have that go on your record. You'd think, so, as busy as they are um, making laws here in Keene, New Hampshire, that they would have made a law that if you're going to rent an apartment, you must rent parking spaces 
to go with it. If you're mm. going to lease out an apartment to um, renters, that they must have X amount of parking to go with it. Right. And my, my, I mean, my landlord had said, you know, there is somewhere else you can park during snow emergencies, but he said it's on the street parking, so you just park here unless there's a snowstorm. That's what I had been told, so mm. that's essentially just... What we did, um, but that's not what the law here um, is in Keene, New Hampshire. The right. law is that from November the first till May the first, or something like that. I mean, they have some arbitrary time when yeah. um, there's no snow on the ground, but you can't park there anyway because it, <laughs> right. there could be snow. Maybe. Right, and uh, we were getting them from before too. I mean, she got a couple during the summer and then started getting more this fall. So, so well, she's gonna fight. Is she gonna fight this? Uh, she's she has to go to court. Um, I I don't. She hasn't I, decided. She yet. hasn't decided yet. Okay. So, um. It'll be interesting. I, I I doubt she's gonna push it to the point of saying I'm not gonna pay because she doesn't want to go to jail. I mean she's sure. not she's not at that point. Um, maybe well, not she, everybody who's refused to pay has gone to jail, but it certainly is it, a possibility after my appearance. I, I have to say you're rolling the <laughs> dice, and it's it, the odds are kind of stacked against you yeah. there. So I'm not you know I'm not sure what she's going to do, but. I just want It's to... not so bad for the girls by the way in the jail. It's uh, cuz I was down in the bubble the entire time and it was actually one of the nicer things about being in the bubble was you get to you get to watch the girls go and do what they do and they basically have run of the entire jail. Uh, I mean I'm exaggerating slightly, but essentially uh, they get out and they do like uh, work in the kitchen and there are other things that they can do that apparently just aren't offered to the male uh, the male prisoners. So they just you know they get to walk around and they can you know the the the, the guard will buzz open the doors for them and they, they they definitely have some level of uh, ability to do things that the, the male prisoners do not. Yeah, but certainly you, you probably want to avoid prison. I mean, that's it's what most people are trying to yeah. do. And I, I just want to, for most people, I just wanted it to be a cautionary tale because, uh, you know, I've had some encounters with the police before where, you know, they try to play gotcha games. And what's worked for me in the past, where I haven't gotten egg on my face, is you just ask them, don't even answer their questions. They just say, is so-and-so here? And you just say, why are you here? What do you want? Better yet, don't know. answer the door. Better yet, well, if, uh, look I mean, first and then don't talk to them. Had I seen it was the police, I would have right. just let them you know, <laughs> leave a note or whatever they were going to do. But, but what is the law there? I mean, maybe one of our New Hampshire cop friends is listening to uh, the show tonight or later want to respond to this. But why is it that they sent the cop? I mean, why didn't they just send the complaint well, or whatever but, it was to the, the address? Do they actually have to serve it to the person? They actually have to touch you with the document? Well, for... Uh, Registered mail won't cut it. Well, for I don't know for for a court for a court date. I mean, that's something that sounds that, like a subpoena to me. Right. I mean, you need you can go to jail if you don't show up. So I think what they're doing is covering themselves mm-hmm. so people can't say, well, I never, you know, it must yeah. have gotten lost in the mail. They, you know, they have a Maybe police they, officer who can, you know, come in and testify if you decide to skip court that right. yes, you got served. Maybe they feel like it's cheaper to just have one of the cops do it since he's out and about anyway, and just have him drop by instead of paying the. Ten bucks or whatever it is to send registered mail. I mean, registered mail. When I looked into it, I think was wasn't too cheap. Uh, if I'm not um, mistaken on that, I, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like pay, you know a cop's time. They get paid pretty well. It doesn't seem like it's efficient to have cops driving around burning gas and not. Yeah, they're out there doing it anyway. They're driving around that's, burning gas anyway. Yeah, that. I mean, I guess that's true. So let us know what happens on that. All right. Uh, I will, and okay. just just be careful around the police because it's pretty easy to slip up. It. Just I would just w- try not to talk to them at all. Yeah, that's really possible. the best thing. I mean, because as they say, as they will tell you when they're reading the Miranda rights, anything you can you say can and will be used against you. So better to not say anything. 
Certainly. <laughs> the toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. And if you are going to say something, then ask questions, as our friend Sam from the Obscure Truth Network has been practicing, and he's gotten quite good at. Uh, we mentioned that there's a new Obscure Truth video up at ObscuredTruth.com, uh, where he asks just a few questions of a cop, and it gets that cop scared. The cop turns around and wants to go the other direction. I think if you don't want any trouble, uh, the best advice is pay your parking ticket quickly, because they do <laughs> have like ticket. 14... 10, 14 days or something on those things generally, and then they start going up, up, up very quickly. Parking tickets don't even have your name on them. You know that, right? Um, they have the car's name. Right, uh, the they're car- not your ticket. They're the state's ticket. But paying them will keep them off your back. That much is that, true. That much is true. But, you know, it, it's tough because y- you can get parking tickets where we were. Like, they they did it very, in a very spotty way. Like, you get one ticket every two, three weeks during the summer. So, like, according to them, you were breaking the parking rule every day, but they weren't enforcing it. Hmm. No, they were they were very selective, and, like, sometimes the whole side of the street would have tickets, and then other times only one or two cars. What so, would happen if all, all the people who got parking tickets decided to have jury trials? What would happen the then? The system would collapse. 95% yeah. <laughs> of the people who, are, who are, go to prison, who are convicted in this country, do it on a plea deal. They plead guilty. Yep, so they sure do. If even a fraction of the people said... I want a jury trial. The system would grind to a halt. Well, New Hampshire is already uh, delaying all of their jury trials for an extra month to save money on sending out the jury invitations. So they're already out of cash. <laughs> so it's not going to take much to just push them over the precipice. Hour three's coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching at hour number three of the program. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Shows about your calls if you make them. Otherwise, we continue with stuff that's interesting to us. And one of those things that's interesting to me, other big news today, besides the fact that Governor Rod in Illinois has been busted red-handed, being all kinds of corrupt. How about the details on this bailout plan for the automotive manufacturers here in America? Looks like some uh, interesting information has come out here. And we had speculated on this program in the past when we first heard that the government would be bailing out the auto industry. And we were told, well, well it's, not a, it's not a giveaway, it's a loan. That's what we were told. We were told, oh, but this is different. This isn't like for those bank people. This is a, this is a loan. And even on, it, even on Chrysler's homepage, did you hear about this? Chrysler? They uh, and I, you know, I don't have it in front of me at the moment, but on their homepage, they actually it actually says it's not a bailout; it's a loan to help us succeed, or it's not a bailout because we're uh, we're a failure; it's a loan to help us succeed. Well, you know, all that's well and good. Chrysler should be able to go out and get loans to help them succeed, and certainly businesses do need to be able to have uh, credit in order. To, you know, it's it's one of the options that uh, businesses can use to to grow and all that. But when you start getting the government involved, um, you you've got these sort of uh, you know strange bedfellows. Uh, now, when you look at uh, the automotive industry, now does the government have uh, an interest in being even-handed with all autom- automotive manufacturers now? 
Well, no, it doesn't, because it has a loan out to the big three, but it doesn't have a loan out to the rest of them. Well, it's more than that now. Did you hear the details on this yet? Um, I think I have an idea that, uh, that there's going to be some collateral. Our speculation had been that, uh, or my speculation had been that they were going to give this loan to the auto manufacturers, and then when the auto manufacturers tank again and couldn't actually successfully use the loan to make their businesses better, when they tank a second time, that's when the government could come in as a creditor and say, okay, well, you don't have to pay the loan back, but we're going to take 40% ownership or something like that. Right. That way, the government could come in and essentially take over a portion of the ownership of these companies. That was my speculation. But it turns out that the government wants the uh, the piece right now. They want the piece up front. They're not going to wait until the automotive people continue to fail. They want 20 percent. The details here from the Wall Street Journal are that Congress and the White House inched toward a financial rescue of the big three automakers negotiating legislation that would give the U.S. government a substantial ownership stake in the industry and a central role in its restructuring. Under the terms of the draft legislation, which continued to evolve on Monday morning, so they're still working on this. It's not over yet. The government would receive warrants for stock equivalent to at least 20% of the loans any company receives. I'm sorry, it's not 20% of the company, it's 20% of the loan would be essentially given to them in stock. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay. So in addition to the fact that they'd be getting stock into these companies, the company would also have to agree to limits on executive compensation as well as dividend payments, much like those contained in the government's $700 billion rescue of the financial industry. So um, as far as executive uh, caps on executive salaries, that means that now if the automotive industry were to want to go out and get some heavy hitter mm-hmm. who could really uh, pull pull them out of you know whatever, uh, whatever manufacturer it was, to, to pull them out of the, the mire, they can't afford them because there's a cap. That's correct. So that guy's going to say, forget you. I'm not coming in to work for $200,000 or whatever the amount's going to be. I'm sure it'll be a, a couple million, but you know, whatever the amount is. He it's may not very well uh, you know, do it for the fame, though. Uh, Lee, Lee Iacocca's name will go down forever um, as you know, the guy who saved the man who saved Chrysler. When, Wasn't and, he the guy behind the first bailout? Yeah, he, he orchestrated Didn't it. Didn't one of the executives, either GM or Ford, agree to a $1 a year salary? Like, I, that's what sure. they're saying. Yes. That's what they're saying in the news. I don't know if he's going to get bonuses or anything like that. Somehow I doubt he's actually only going to make a dollar for the Something year. Something else has to be going on right. there. Uh, in the case of General Motors, such a move could give the government a large stake in the company and may hurt existing shareholders. GM is seeking about $10 billion in short-term loans and has a market capitalization of about $3 billion. I'm not sure what that means. Does that mean that their uh, their stocks are only worth about $3 billion? Um, I, it, what it sounded to me is market like capitalization? that's what they have uh, sort of in stuff, capital. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. That's not a term that I know. The legislation didn't specify what kind of stock the government would take, leaving open the option. It could be preferred, common, voting, or non-voting. I don't know much about stocks, so I don't know what uh, the difference is between those things. But I guess preferred better than uh, common. And and voting means that they get to decide on things. So uh, so again, some of these details have yet to be ironed out, and none of this is final, but this is what's on the table at the moment. The thing about preferred stock, as I understand it, is if the company goes under and they can't pay out to all their shareholders, the, the preferred stock is first in line. They get something. Yeah. Right. So even if other regular stock shareholders aren't going to get anything, regular citizens for the most part... The preferred share, shareholders will get something. The government and maybe some other companies that hold preferred stock. Market capitalization um, is a measurement of corporate or economic size 
equal to the share price times the number of shares outstanding of a public company. So it really has to do with uh, what it, what it's worth from a um, you know current market value. Right. So it's total shares, total gross share value, basically. Yeah. So it's not what shares are available to purchase. It's just the total share value. It's the share price times the number of shares outstanding. Now, what does the number of shares outstanding mean? It means that's what's out there, not what's out, out for sale. Right. It's what if the, the company itself could own its own shares or you know, something like that. It would own so. $3 billion in shares. No, the no. company could own its own shares. Those, those shares would not be outstanding. Any other shares that it didn't I own see. would okay, be anything outside because, their holdings. Right, because gotcha. they're essentially promises. I mean, it's a promissory note. If you decide to cash it out at whatever today's value is, the company's on the hook if, in theory, everybody who owns stock wanted to wanted mm-hmm. to sell, the company's on the hook for the for the share price. How so, is that? I, that? I thought that that was just you owned a piece of the company and you might be able to sell it to someone else if you wished. Um, well, I mean, if you can't, if you can't cover the outstanding share, I, I have a feeling that if you can't cover the amount of shares that are out there, you're essentially going to have your stock collapse because no one's going to have confidence in the company. So because ha- otherwise you could just inflate the number of shares indefinitely, it would seem to me. Well, you couldn't uh, inflate I mean, them. I mean, um, you would have to. It would seem to me it that depend on how many people. I don't know what all the rules are, and this is what this is the problem with amateurs talking. Right. Um, <laughs> um, but it would seem to me if you issued a hundred <laughs> shares in the beginning that you could no longer issue more shares because there isn't anything to, else to issue. But you, you can, can split, split them, can't you? Your hundred shares into more shares, but you can't uh, issue more. That's, right. I know they do. So how's it going to happen when the government? Because if I'm reading this correctly, the story says the government would get. Warrants for stock equivalent to 20% of the loans that the company receives. GM's looking for $10 billion in loans, and so their market capitalization being $3 billion, 20% of $10 billion is $2 billion. So two-thirds of their entire uh, stock portfolio, essentially, whatever is available there, is going to be going to the government. How does that happen if there are existing holders of that stock? How does that work? That's a good question, because that's what's outstanding, as we had um, previously said, the the company must own some stock in order to be able to give it up, or the executive steward. So it'll come from the company. I don't know. It would have to come from somewhere, wouldn't it? I have to assume it comes from the company, although I thought when I saw, because AIG gave, the government took an ownership stake, and their stock was essentially their stock value really got demolished at the end there. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure if that's because they reduced the value of each share out there, or if it's just because the company wasn't in very good shape. I I'm not sure exactly how that works. If perhaps I hope somebody else is listening that knows a little bit more about the the there realm must, of the stock. There world. must be somebody who knows about economics. Eight hundred two five. Well, this is the stock world specifically. Uh, right, but, finance but, capitalism. But one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Assuming congressional Democrats in the White House come to an agreement on the plan, and you can bet they will. Uh, the car industry will be the latest to submit to strict government scrutiny in return for they a really bailout. They really have to. If you listen to all the uh, the Democrat talkers out there, they, they, they're first off, they're lying um, when they sort of smear things and say, one out of every ten jobs in the United States is dependent on the automotive industry. Well, yeah, that's because there's a lot of mechanics who would be, be you know, who would do better if Americans were holding onto their cars longer. And people drive to work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know what dependent on the automobile industry right. means exactly, but I can tell you it's not part of the auto manufacturers and it's not part of Ford, GM, and Chrysler. Do they count like oil refineries that make the motor oil and the gasoline too? I mean, they're dependent on the automobile industry, but they're not dependent well, they're on suggesting making cars. That the, part, the, the, the companies that are making parts for these vehicles will somehow do poorly, and I'm not so sure that's true. We're going to dig a little deeper on this and take your calls as well if you've got some thoughts. 800 
1-855-949-9231. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. That number again is 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. And we do ask for a little bit of assistance uh, from you from time to time. Right now, we need you to go and take our online survey, preferably if you're over the age of 25. Uh, we need you to go to survey.freetalklive.com. Not because we don't care about those of you under 25. It's just that most of you have already responded at this point, And uh, the, the people old, over the age of 25 are just less likely to, to do a survey. So what we need you to do is go to survey.freetalklive.com if you're over the age of 25. And just you don't have to fill out the entire thing. Just you answer the first couple questions about age and gender. Right, Mark? Is that all we need from them? Age yep. and gender? Okay, so survey.freetalklive.com. Dot com. You don't even have to fill out the email uh, section, so it's pretty simple. Let's continue here and talk to uh, – actually, we're going to talk in a moment to somebody, but first. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL is the number one sponsor of Free Talk Live, and the folks over there, Jason Osborne and uh, all the good folks, they – they're, they're a huge stand for liberty and doing what they can in order to uh, make you free in your life. SACL CAI, if you know somebody who has a business or you do, why don't you, uh, you know, talk to them at SACL CAI. All right. We're talking about this automotive bailout, uh, this loan that the government is going to be providing billions upon billions of dollars to the failing big three uh, automotive uh, companies in America. And according to the Wall Street Journal, it now is going to mean that these companies are going to have to turn over stock. Uh, Essentially, the government will receive warrants for stock equivalent to at least 20 percent of the loans that each company receives. Now, GM's looking for 10 billion in loans. And uh, the market capitalization on GM is $3 billion. Now, according to what you told me, Mark, market capitalization means the amount of stocks that are out there, basically, that's not owned by the company. Yeah, the value of right? stock out there. The value of the stocks that are out there. And so, according to this, <laughs> a significant portion of GM is going to be turned over to the government. Am I misunderstanding this? Uh, let's talk to Frank in New York. Frank, uh, definitely an educated guy. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live. Ah, good evening. Hey yes, there. it's very interesting. Uh, I wanted to raise an interesting point that no one has raised, uh, even in the Wall Street Journal or any of the financial uh, media newspapers or outlets. The Security and Exchange Commission and the antitrust laws specify that individuals or institutions cannot own any more than between 1.4 and maybe 4% of a given company. Anything over that, uh, usually investors have a family trust or some uh, institution set up that can actually own those shares. So by the government take claiming 20% of the outstanding shares of the company. No, no, no. It's it's 20% of the amount of the loan. It, at least, it says. This is what's yeah, on the well, table. Yeah, that's all right. That's easy to do. All they have to do is print more issues, more shares of stock. And they so a company can do that? Uh, hold on. Let well, me clarify. They can do that, of course. So, so if there are 100 shares of stock out there, and let's say that I've got Free Talk Live and 100 shares of stock, and both Nick and Mark and uh, Nick and Mark here have all 100 shares between them, 50 for right. Nick, 50 for Mark. Since I own the company, I can just say, poof, I now have 200 the, shares the of stock. Of directors, the board of directors would issue 
they would vote on it, and then they would create more shares of stock, which would actually drive the price down of the shares that people are holding. Right, so or, that's not or, a split. Or, or, What's what, that called? What is the, the company would send a letter, a proxy letter, to the shareholders and ask to buy back the shares at a given amount. And huh. they could do that. A lot of companies, uh, when they had very little debt or they, their stock was undervalued, it was good for the companies to buy back shares from the market. And a number of companies did that, such as H.J. Hines in the 90s and a lot of oil companies. Exxon did that in the 90s as well. What's really interesting about this is that the government's ownership of 20% violates the securities and exchange regulations as well as the antitrust regulations. Well, Frank, we're not talking about 20% here. We're talking about 66% of GM. That's what I'm saying, 20% or more. <laughs> yeah. So this may be an illegal deal. And if I were, if I were uh, an attorney no, for no, it's General legal Motors or one of these companies, I would enter into the loan agreement and then take it to court and prove that it's invalid and hmm. retain ownership of the shares. And that could drag on for 10, <laughs> 15 years, literally. <laughs> so it show, it's a very poor plan. Well, it's aspects. legal, Frank, because the government's doing it. It would be no, illegal no, no, if point, anybody else is, did it. The point is the government, unless the government changes those laws. Maybe that's what the bailout package will do. Maybe the bailout package will change the laws at the same time. Who knows? Well, they, they would have to actually vote on that. They would have to actually change the existing laws because the government cannot, under the law, enter into any illegal Oh, Frank, activity. you know the government but, does no, everything no, no, it wants to. We're not talking about the CIA. It's supposed to be black. <laughs> black operation that, that has no, you know, check and balance. We're talking about laws that exist. Unless those laws are changed, this could be quite illegal. And it's very funny to watch. Plus, I have to be honest, the Americans don't want to buy GM cars or Ford cars. They're primarily crap. People want to buy Hondas, BMWs. And I wouldn't be surprised since Honda is one of the biggest automakers in the United States now with their plants that they attempt to get you know, a percentage of the bailout. And BMW as well, they're having trouble with their uh, facility down south. I mean, they could actually also uh, attempt to get money because, in a sense, they're automakers, and it's it's really poorly thought out. Well, Toyota Toyota and Subaru make a lot of cars in America, too, not just Honda. Well, then they could they could apply for this as well. Oh, but, please don't. No, please. Please don't apply for well, can't, anything. Can't the SEC, <laughs> couldn't the Subaru. SEC change the rules, though, just by an administrative you know decision? What? I have to be honest. I wouldn't mind selling Hummer to the government because I'm going to tell you, those are fuel efficient, and even the Humvees are a death trap, as we've seen in Afghanistan and Iraq. And, you know, in a way, it's very comical about this. But I have to say this. That it's very poor fiscal planning. They should let the companies go bankrupt. Yes, they absolutely they should. Is go into Chapter 13, and they could sell their financial credit divisions to the banks that received the big bailout to $770 billion uh, a month and a half ago. They could also, their aerospace divisions, they could spin those off or sell those to uh, the Carlyle Group. Hey, Frank, uh, Nick has a question yeah. for you. Yeah. Now, couldn't... I, I get your point about letting them go bankrupt. I think that's the best idea. But couldn't the SEC just administratively change the rules? Because isn't that no, just no. essentially an, uh, an executive office? Not a. I mean, can't they make they their own rules like the ATF? Law. They, right. they do have administrative law, but the regulations are actually voted on by Congress. So they can't so just make sense, a, an executive the decision. The Senate and the House would have to change those. Huh. Which they but could I do. I have to be very honest. 
uh, it would be it would be very funny for the government to enter into this uh, <laughs> sort of like illegal uh, bailout. And if I were one of the board of directors of the companies, I would then fight the government on claiming that huge amount of ownership. Yeah, but wouldn't they the have company. to give the money back? Like if they did that, wouldn't they essentially have to give the money back? Well, you know, I, I don't think they. Once they give it to them, I mean, let's face it. Do you really think that any of these companies or banks are going to pay the U.S. government or the taxpayers anything? Heavens no. Well, they, they may make some uh, payments on the loans or whatever if if there is such an agreement. That's right. Like they that. could create new derivatives. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, that. Frank, for the call. Appreciate the expertise. Uh, and uh, clearing all that up. 800-259-9231. That... I love how Frank made a derivative joke and we didn't get it. He no, loved it, though. Yeah, it was good, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a brilliant man. 800-259-9231. He's not right about everything. He's kind of a socialist well, in some is? ways. But hey, you know, more on the way. You take control. We'll talk to you about what you want here in moments. If you call in, it's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Get freetalklive.com. Those features include the bulletin board system, over 400,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about. You find it all free over at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Now, if you love liberty, you should check out Bureaucrash Social. It's the place for you to connect with freedom fighters from around the world. At Bureaucrash Social, you can share your ideas, obtain resources, and document your activism, as well as find awesome videos and pictures uploaded by other crashers. Go to bureaucrash.com to learn more. That's bureaucrash.com. I was uh, getting a little withdrawal uh, earlier today, and I think maybe it was last night. But anyway, Bureaucrash was down for some maintenance. I think it was last night. And uh, I was I was itching because I wanted to get on there and continue my uh, debatarian debates uh, that they have got going on there. Because you know how libertarians love to uh, debate with one another. One of the debates going on right now is about, of course, the Free State Project. It's some of the more active threads in the uh, the discussion forums that they have there. And uh, I want to share one of the... Uh, the posts here from Bureaucrash Social. By the way, social networking, perhaps you've been on MySpace or Facebook, two of the most popular social networking sites out there. Yeah, that's all well and good, and I think Facebook is more popular these days than uh, than MySpace, or it seems to be the, the preferred the, uh, social networking site for I most people. I can say I prefer it over MySpace. But the problem with MySpace and Facebook is it's for most people. And so if you're looking to network specifically with Liberty people, Bureaucrash Social has this brand new – it's brand new, and I think they've uh, cracked over a 1,000 members at this point, which I think is pretty good considering it's yeah, only it been is. open for a little while. Uh, so head over there and check it out. It's pretty cool. Uh, Bureaucrash.com. Here is the uh, the email. Again, the, the the Free State Project critics have been coming out of the woodwork, and by that I mean there are four of them. Uh, and they've been posting over and over again, and uh, some of the Free State Project supporters have been going back and forth with them. And there's just one post here that's so lengthy, I didn't want to respond to it there, so I figured I'd respond to it here on the show, because he brings up some some interesting critiques that I don't know if we've necessarily heard too often. Well, we'll see here. Uh, let me run this by you guys and see what you think. Captain Jeremy writes on Bureaucrash Social... That liberty is natural and inherent in every person. We are all 100% free to do as we please anytime we like. 
Freedom. Well, it's uh, I've heard this, uh, this this assertion before, and it's it's not inaccurate. You are free to do whatever you wish uh, anytime you like. However, men with guns might stop you yes, from doing it. At some I might point. be one of them, uh, considering on what you know, considering what it might be that you consider yourself free to do. Freedom has been in everyone's lifetime, says Captain Jeremy. However, the issue is that a majority of people do not recognize this freedom and thus wish to punish slash prohibit portions of it. We have liberty in our lifetimes. The problem is getting these officious bureaucrats to stop punishing people who choose to live their life differently than the majority. But the even greater problem is getting the general public informed on why liberty and freedom of choice is so important. I agree that Uh, informing people is an important role of, uh, I think, the liberty movement. And it's one of the things that I try to do here on this show. He says, the way I see it, the majority of people in America seem fairly content to just let things go on the way they are. After all, most of it isn't their problem. Saying the Free State Project is the best chance for freedom doesn't mean anything. We all have freedom already. Is Free State Project the best chance to get away from the violent thugs in suits? They seem to be active and healthy as ever in New Hampshire. Well, now, hold well, that's, on. That, that's, a, that's a little unfair, Jimmy, yes. because the Free State Project is an idea um, to get things. And, in, in, you know, it requires uh, you know proper execution of that, that idea. We're still in the execution phase of that idea. To say that uh, somebody came up with the idea and uh, 600 people have moved... Why the hell isn't New Hampshire free yet? Why didn't they? Why didn't they win for Ron Paul? Well, there's a, there's a, <laughs> there's also a skewed perception that some of the critics have that people are just being busted by the feds left and right. Well, it's true. A lot of activists do get arrested, but for the most part, they're seeking not. I don't want to say confrontation with the police, but they're going into federal buildings. They're protesting. They're pushing the envelope. Right, and it's as a form of civil activists. disobedience. Right. So <laughs> the idea is to push them and see how far you can push them. And when you're doing that, you're going to get arrested in the process of doing that. So it's not like people are being plucked up at random. It, but if you decide, if you did that anywhere, you would face arrest. Well, so I, that's attempting. You know, that's an attempt to change the system or do away with it. So I don't think that the fact that people are getting arrested is a negative sign. I mean, if you want to change the system, you're going to have to confront it on some level. Trying to run away from it is the very opposite of activism. Well, and to suggest that uh, they seem to be active and as healthy as ever in New Hampshire, I think is also misleading uh, because New Hampshire has one of the least burdens of government uh, in any of the 50 states. It may be the lowest, in the, at least in the lower 48. I'm not sure uh, if, if Alaska... It may be the lowest. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. Somebody should check me on as that. As far as taxation goes? As, no, well, taxation it's the, per- there's a tax burden it's second and there's lowest. also a government right. the, n- the, number of the workforce in government employment. I would think that Alaska, while it has a very low tax burden, there's a lot of people who work for the federal government in Alaska. Right. So Alaska is subsidized. Alaska is subsidized. So while Alaska has the lowest tax burden of all the 50 states, New Hampshire's number two. They're also all welfare queens. Right, Alaska's getting uh, the, the people there get checks from the federal government. So, or at least as I understand it, maybe it's from the Alaskan government. Well, I think the state pay uh, the feds, the feds pay the state, the state for yeah. the oil, and then the state hands it out to people like candy. So, uh, so actually, you know what? I want to get back to this. I apologize. I missed a call. Jason has been holding patiently in California. Jason, you are on Free Talk Live. Hi, gentlemen. Good hey evening. There. Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Jason? Um, actually, I'm a podcaster, so I'm a little behind for most callers, and I want to apologize to those listening live because, one, I'm probably going to be a yes man since I agree with a lot of what you say, and two, it's not talking about the economy and stuff like that. Well, that's so, all right. It's Free Talk Live. Go ahead. What's on your mind? Um, so this guy John called Saturday, and uh, you and Mark really tried your hardest to kind of open this guy's mind up, even though he claimed to be open-minded. 
Um, and I guess something that I want to talk to him about, since he was so big on the Constitution and government and this and the other, is the Constitution wasn't set up to give you rights. The Constitution was set up to restrict the government. I mean, ours anyway. Ours, you read like the Federalist and Non-Federalist papers and what went into the Great Compromise and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that people that they were trying to create a document that said, here's what government's going to do. Oh, and by the way, the people can do this too. It was the government can only do this and the people are responsible for everything else. I mean, amendments 9 and 10 make it very clear that the rights not enumerated in this document are reserved by the people. And the um, states, so, respectively, or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I really would encourage him as a, you know, a student of history and um, an admirer of history to kind of go back and maybe look at the founding documents. I know that I listen to you guys, Ian, you're not a big fan of government at all. Um, and I'm probably more of a minarchist. I, 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 I see the good intentions behind the founding document, and I really wish they were followed more closely. The road to hell, my friend. The road to hell. I, I agree 100%. I just had this. I work at a, uh, a university, and it's liberal hell. And uh, people get all sorts of mad when I start talking to them. The other thing, oh, sorry. The other thing, the guy was talking about how there are no absolutes. You can't have absolutes. They don't exist. And I love it when people say that because... <laughs> Their statement is an absolute. absolute. Yeah. So to say there is none, you're committing your own fault. So <laughs> it's just like, dude, chill out. There are absolutes. There are moral absolutes. And they got as close as they could in founding this country and adhering to some of those, you know, good As close as they yeah. could for the time being, I think. They, they got as close as they did. I think if they had just taken the simple step of a two-thirds majority to pass le- any legislation at all, we would have a lot less legislation. That's possible. Just, I, just, I mean, simple things. It made the electoral more defined, too, because I always felt that you know, the electoral system works to some extent, but it's got to stop being these winner-take-all states. I think yep. that presidential elections would be a lot more heavily contested. It would definitely open up the way for third-party candidates if individual district votes went to individual candidates as opposed to this. Horrible winner-take-all. Yeah, but that's sort of an assault on federalism, too. I mean, really all we have left of federalism to a large degree is the Electoral College. Yeah, I I have to sort of agree. I don't think that – I don't think it really makes much of a difference um, whether it's uh, a majority or whether it's electoral. Most of the presidents are run by a majority of the vote and and the majority of their Electoral College. So I don't know that you'd have any different, uh, you know, contention. Jason, as a minarchist, do you support secession? Um, oh, yeah, no, that's, that's the state's right, in my opinion. Thank you for the call tonight. appreciate hearing from you, and thanks for your patience. 800-259-9231. Uh, we'll wrap up this uh, post over at Bureaucrash and talk to Doug in Minnesota as well. Coming up, this is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves, toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. All the, uh, the stuff you can buy there is so much. The selection is tremendous, 41 categories. 
You can even buy used. So if you need to save a few extra bucks, go with the used option and get the stuff you need for life. Get the products that you need to get uh, for the loved ones in your life. Upcoming holiday season obviously is upon us at this point. You need to get your shopping done. Get it done at Amazon. You don't have to leave the house. You don't have to deal with the lines, the traffic, the parking lots, the nonsense, uh, the, the angry customers, the angry customer service people. So head over to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Get your shopping done and feel good because a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live if you enter through that link, Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Briefly back to finish up the uh, uh, the post here over at Bureaucrash Social in one of the Free State Project threads where some of the critics have come out and are leveling their critiques at the Free State Project. And I figured we would uh, – I figured I'd answer some of these on the air here, and I'll try to be as brief as possible so we can get right back to the calls. Uh, this guy, uh, Captain Jeremy – is saying that he believes that the government is as active, the men, the violent thugs in suits are as active and as healthy as ever in New Hampshire, and it's just not true. Uh, this is nowhere near the police state, for instance, that New York City or Washington, D.C. is. Uh, it's nowhere near the socialist state that uh, California is. So we're in a pretty good way compared to the other states here, and that's why one of the reasons why New Hampshire was chosen is the, for the Free State Project is because it was seen as a good starting point. There's no uh, state income, personal income tax. Or sales tax. Yes, the property They're tax. They're trying is bad. very, very hard, though. Uh, but the the tax level here is the lowest in the 48 states. Uh, the amount of government bureaucrats per regular people here is, the, I believe, the lowest of all of the states, if not one of the lowest. So it's just not true what you're saying there, Captain Jeremy. He says, is the best way, the Free State Project, the best way to spread education to the ignorant masses who think the war on drugs is a good thing? Try growing your own backyard marijuana in New Hampshire and see what happens. That's right. Even in the Free State Project, you aren't allowed to plant certain types of seeds. Well, maybe he hasn't heard, but there is going to be somebody who's not going to be planting a seed, but he is going to be doing a marijuana protest in public here in New Hampshire coming up within the next month. And, uh, Captain Jeremy, there will be a uh, marijuana decriminalization bill going up in front of the uh, New Hampshire legislature this year. Is that happening in your state? So, well, it's possible, but is he asks, is it the best chance? Well, I'm just saying, is it happening? Right. He says, uh, is it the best way to spread education? I would say yes. I think concentrating activism is the best way to spread education because because we have concentrated activism, we have Free Minds TV, which is Nick's show. You can go to freemindstv.com to see that. You can listen to Free Minds Radio, which is their sort of spin-off from Free Minds TV that's now gotten onto the real radio. It's spreading across more stations. Uh, so that there's, there's a TV show and a radio show right there. There's Free Talk Live on 45 stations across the country, originating from here in New Hampshire. Gardner Goldsmith, our friend, putting out his podcast, and maybe he'll get back on the radio here in New Hampshire soon. Uh, so there's a lot of Liberty Media. Dennis Goddard from uh, New Hampshire Capital Access, he's got his own uh, television program that he does in the Concord area. And, Nick, I know that uh, Free Minds TV isn't just broadcast in Keene and on the Internet. You're actually sending out your program to other cable stations around, the, around New Hampshire, in fact, around New England. England, as yep, a we're, of on fact. A, we're on stations in Maine now, too, as well as Concord, New Hampshire, and some other places. So, so the reason why this is happening here, and you cannot tell me any other place, I'd love to hear if it's true, but I don't believe it is, any other place in this country where you can find several libertarian, liberty-oriented television, radio programs, cartoons, newspapers, all originating from the same geographic area. Just point it out to me. I'll be happy. I'll be happy to be proven wrong here, but I believe that Keene, New Hampshire, specifically, is the Liberty Media hub of the world. 
I don't think there's any more Liberty Media in any one place, anywhere else. And the reason it's possible is because we have a concentration of activists. There are more people active in Liberty Media here in Keene alone than there were Liberty activists down in Sarasota, Florida, where I come from. And there's plenty of people here who aren't involved in the media. Right. There's political activism, which is all over the place. There's the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, and there are a, a, a plenty of other opportunities in the political realm. And you have to look at the uh, the number of people in given states um, when and the, the geographic size of states when you start looking at New Hampshire versus, I don't know, you, you pick your state. You know, you know th- those states have a lot more people, so those uh, you know the 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 voices are diluted. Even if you had as exactly. many uh, media sources as uh, as we have, so yeah. your voices are more diluted. Right, we make more of an impact. We make more of a splash here, and I'm telling you, it makes a difference. So we continue. He says, moving across the country will not intimidate nor change the politicians or the people of the, or the general mindset this country has. Get informed and inform your friends and loved ones, and live free regardless of the blatant perversion of the law. Well, I do live as free as I possibly can, but it's not free enough for me, so I, you know, I'm going to work on doing, uh, on changing that. He says, I feel this will help you attain freedom in your own lifetime, far more so than moving to New Hampshire and getting arrested with a bunch of strangers. That's will. not the idea, and, and this is this is where many liberty activists uh, sort of fall short. The idea isn't for you to live free in your life. Because coming here and working for liberty isn't going to get you free in your life. You can do that on your own. You can go out and chop down uh, some trees and build yourself a little log cabin and live in the woods and be free like a birdie. You can do Mm -hmm. that if you want. You can buy a sailboat and go be free if you want to. What the idea is is to create freedom for you know not every everybody in in the long run but you know uh, your family to be able to create Those who freedom. want it yeah. yeah create freedom for other people it is a philanthropic uh, it is something greater than yourself now i understand that uh, many people don't don't think that uh, folks will do things that are greater than themselves. And fine. I'm not interested in those people moving, that if they're not interested in something greater than themselves. If all you want is liberty for yourself, buy a sailboat. There you go. Uh, let's uh, let's go quickly here. Talk to Doug in Minnesota. Doug, you're on Free Talk Live. You know, and as soon as I get out there to New Hampshire, there'll be another media producer there. Awesome. I, I don't remember what I did the Cubby South Park ad back in 98. That won a Polly Award, first ever for the Libertarian Party animated oh, wow. South Park Cubby for Governor ad. Super. And you guys have used some of my stuff, I think, a long time ago. But anyway, I had a question about um, uh, former co-hosts and their their whereabouts and if they're going to be coming to join you someday soon. We don't know the answer on all of them, but go uh, ahead. We talked to Jason, uh, Jason Rink, who was on our show for a long time, and he actually called out of the blue a couple, was it, was it a Saturday show that he called? He just called out I of heard, the blue. I heard that one. He I'm is, interested I, in Torgo and um, Johnson. Johnson is uh, in Connecticut at the moment. No, I thought he was in California. He was in California. He's moved back to Connecticut, and I believe he's doing some schooling. I think he's going to get up here at some point. He's probably going to be the first one to get up here. Uh, Jason didn't really seem to have any sort of uh, time frame. Torgo owes me money, so even if he does move up, he's going to have to pay me back before he can get back on the air. So we'll see. I think Torgo's a real talent, and I yeah, find he's him a funny guy. I, I find him uh, or generally when I go to Sarasota, Florida for the holidays and in, in, in you know, other reasons that I go down there. Uh, last I heard, he's running a karaoke gig. Um, and, you know, he's doing as good as he's ever done. Anything else on your mind, Whoa. Doug? One more question. Yeah. Do you guys fight off the air as much as you fight on the air? Do you hate each other? <laughs> no. Do we? I don't Do you, think are you friends? We've, um, well, we're friendly. 
Yeah. You know, I think that probably uh, uh, siblings is probably a better description of our, our the way that we interact. I have a much better relationship with you than I did my sister, though. So it's, it's a positive uh, sibling relationship. It's not like fighting brothers. I, I, I definitely like respect Ian. Um, you know, I, I think that he's a, he's a very talented individual. He's brilliant. Uh, I, you know, all those things. However, you know, like, would I have picked Ian for a friend? Not so much. Sometimes I look for Ian respect Mark? Absolutely. He's a great salesman, and uh, he's pretty handy as well. I thank you for the call, Doug. Appreciate hearing from you. Let's talk to Andy in uh, Michigan. Andy, you're uh, Andy. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? I uh, just wanted to let you know that I had my turn uh, spouting the anti-bureaucratic message in the, at a meeting at school today. Excellent. Uh, I'm a six-year-old boy, and... Uh, He's not conforming to the to the classroom environment. <laughs> <laughs> Starting early. And, uh, yeah, so I end up in a meeting because the the school has decided that they want to declare him emotionally impaired. Oh God. Oh boy. Provide him uh, services. Da da da. So I got up in front of these people, and then it basically was, it boiled down to I said, "Well, I'm not signing this, and I'm not, mm. you know." They had they had a meeting sheet where you had to sign that you were present at the meeting, so I initialed that. Mm-hmm. Any anyway, chance any chance that they're going to declare you emotionally uh, impaired in some way and try to lock you up too? <laughs> uh, what I what I think is that after they had an hour with me, they pretty much understood where he got it. Ah. And uh, I told them, you know, I just I, I feel like you guys think that conformity equals success. And my son doesn't conform to your to your structure of of education, and and you think that that he's damaged in some way? He's disabled. So what are they going to do? He actually said disabled. Huh? They're not going to do a blessing thing. And they suspended him thirty days or so already. Wow, thirty days but, suspension at age six. Yeah, Th- that is amazing. If you've got more to tell us, call tomorrow night. We'd love to hear more. And I thank you for standing up. Uh, for your son in that particular case. We'll see you tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.